Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online. I mean, right. I hope the president's watching. Not the Gary Hoffman. This guy is a petulant child. That's what he is. Shannon Farron. Oh, girl, it's cold out there. Gary and Shannon. What? No. Yeah. We are going to kick your rear end out of the White House come this fall. See us in black and white, crystal clear on starlight night. And all you gorgeous colors, I promise that I'll love you for the rest of my life. See you standing in your dress, swearing for all our friends. You'll never be another. I promise that I'll love you for the rest of my life. Strange times. It's one way to put it. You know, we're learning a lot about each other, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, people are really showing their, their selves, their true selves. And uh, you, you put pressure on people and they uh, and they their, react. Their true self comes out. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, over the weekend, I learned that after the Spanish flu, that nobody wanted to talk about it back in 1918 or whatever. Nobody wanted to talk about it. They didn't want to bring it up again after yeah. it passed. Why? Because they were so embarrassed about the way they treated each other. Let's not be that. I went to a uh, I went to a Walmart yesterday, and uh, plenty of wa- I mean, stacks and stacks and stacks of bottled water. So maybe somebody's getting that message. However, who is hoarding the toilet paper? And don't lie to me, because I think everybody's been lying about this toilet paper thing, and I mean that. When I go to a place like that, that usually has rack after rack after rack of toilet paper and paper towels and all that sort of stuff, it's cleaned out. And then when I go, you're not, uh, you didn't like overbuy toilet. Oh, no, I, no, I'm not one of those. Somebody out there is lying about how much toilet paper they're buying. Well, when you hear things like you heard yesterday afternoon, when we all got that alert, <laughs> Rodney is... <laughs> He's wearing gloves. He's wearing gloves. Well, that's... Uh, when we got that alert that, like, the bars and the restaurants are closed, I started thinking back to the people that I saw at the market on Thursday that were buying all the canned goods, and I thought, well, maybe those people are on to something. But here's the thing. How often do you eat out? I mean, we probably eat out maybe once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. You know? You're going to have enough food. This And that's the other thing. The president said this yesterday. I've seen uh, interviews with... Heads of grocery stores, of supply chain, logistics companies, we're not short. We are not short of food. They're the, restocking the shelves. This is the this is the I think the weirdest aspect of this in that we've never dealt with a I don't know if disaster is the right word. Uh, we've never dealt with a situation like this where all of our infrastructure is just fine. At this point, you got internet. You got water coming out of the tap. Your roads are fine. They're picking up garbage. Like, all of those things are still happening. It's just at this point, 
the social aspect – I know that there are people who are workplaces, and I'm not talking about the economic impact – the social aspect of this is what's most frustrating. Well, the reaction is the most frustrating because the CDC now recommending no gatherings of 50 or more people for the next eight weeks because there look, – look at Bourbon Street over the weekend. There were people still flooding the streets and the bars and all of that because – they're young and they're not feeling this thing. You know, you heard from um, Donovan Mitchell, who was one of the guys with the Utah Jazz that came down with this. He said, and he's been in quarantine, he's felt nothing. He's felt no different. He's felt zero symptoms. And I think that's how it's hitting the young people. The problem right. is, is there's a small percentage. Well, actually, not that small of a percentage uh, of people that are elderly do have the underlying health conditions and they don't want those people to be completely wiped out, obviously. Right, because the when those people start getting it, when people who are older, compromised immune systems, underlying health conditions, when those people get it, they're the ones who are most likely to require medical care. And those are the people who are going to fill up the hospitals. It's not the onesies and twosies of the twenty random, rare 20-year-old who is going to get uh, complications from this, because that same person you know, would may have gotten complications from the normal flu, that this is something that, you know, it will in, uh, inordinately affect people over the age of 65. When I texted you, I still, I still uh, stand by this text that I sent. I think it was Wednesday night when NBA canceled. Tom Hanks came out and the president gave his speech. And I said, this feels like a free fall. Because from that point until today, you know, 96, 120 out, whatever it is. It's felt like everything, there's there's very little good news in all of this. I mean, there are. There are slivers of just wonderful things that are going on. The internet being used for positivity now is is incredible to watch. But it's that this could potentially get worse in terms of the, Things that are going to be shut down. I well, mean, the Surgeon General says we could be Italy. We could. That maybe we already are. Um, I found it interesting to observe my own behavior over the weekend about how what my reaction to having no control over something is. <laughs> you know, and I it was either like I'm eating or I'm cooking or I'm on the treadmill. And the thing is, is that I don't do that. I every- gain three pounds, I lose three pounds, <laughs> all in the course of 24 hours. Yeah, you know, but um, over the course of a normal weekend, say there was no coronavirus, I would probably do neither of those things. I would be fine at home, reading a book outside, right. whatever. But now that you know but that now you're not that supposed I to know, do other stuff. Right, and, and, and it was a weird reaction, I thought, of cooking a lot and... Working out, I would never normally get on the treadmill during the weekend. I just wouldn't. I I work out during the week, and part of the reason I probably did it was because this week, every all the gyms shut down, or right. they were seemed like a bat, not a great place to be. Um, and now, of course, last night everything got shut down uh, in terms of workout places. But um, the Gen X thing over the weekend was fun to read about. Gen X on yes, Twitter was it trending. Really was because there was a suggestion that millennials don't understand this. Plus, they're not really going to be affected by this in terms of it's not going to it's not going to make them as sick as normal people. Well, and they need attention, attention all the time. <laughs> and the Gen X meme was all about us being latchkey kids. We don't need attention. We yeah. can stay home by ourselves and be totally fine. I went to school by myself. Yeah. I came home by myself. My right. sisters weren't around, but nobody knew. In fact, that was one of the funny lines was, 
nobody knew if you were home until it was dinner time exactly. anyway. Exactly. Because you were in your room doing your homework exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Um, but you talked to your parents. I, I mean, assume, I, I was a latchkey right? kid during the Loma Prieta earthquake. Perfect example. <laughs> you know, I was home alone. I was nine. And, and <laughs> you know, you think about that today and that doesn't happen anymore. No. And, and it's also weird that I was it's weird in L.A. We've said this for a week and a half now that it's the weather is what it is right now because there's less of an inclination for you to go outside when it's cloudy and just rained or is raining, whatever. You know, and that's not going to let up probably until Friday or Saturday uh, of this week that we'll start to see the sunshine again. Um but to pu- make sure that you push yourself to go outside. Yeah. That's I, I, not restricted. That's- I was happy about us getting pretty lucky over the weekend. It was supposed to rain the whole time, and I sat outside the majority of the time. Uh, let me say this. I know that there has been a a rumor going around that is being talked about in circles large and small about the issuance of martial law or the imposition of martial law. According to the National Security Council, As of last night, they were also aware that that rumor had been going around, and they said that that is fake. That is not true. Martial law is several steps down the road. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that that's still several steps down the road. And as of right now, that is not true, according to the National Security Council. We have a couple things that we'll keep an eye on. The mayor of L.A., Eric Garcetti, is expected to hold a news conference at the bottom of the hour. At 1230 is when we expect to hear from the White House Coronavirus COVID-19 Council, headed up by Mike Pence. We'll carry that, of course, as well. We are going to check in with Dr. Barbara Ferrer from L.A. County Public Health to see how her weekend was. And uh, that's what we're going to do. Also, something you can do with us to help pass some of the time when uh, when you're not at school or at work or doing anything. We'll tell you about that later this hour. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. We will be getting an update locally from Eric Garcetti coming up at the bottom of the hours when his press conference is set to begin. Probably going to try and calm people down a little bit. Locally, we have 69 confirmed cases in L.A. County. There were 16 additional cases reported yesterday. Of the total 69 cases in this county, 10 are considered to be from community transmission, meaning the source of the infection is unknown. There was a uh, a great quote from the director of the World Health Organization today in his regular update. I can't tell you his name because, to be honest, I can't pronounce it. But he said something that was uh, that goes in conjunction with that White House briefing that we got yesterday on COVID-19 in terms of what this week is going to look like. Already, this is the weirdest Monday any of us have ever experienced ever in terms of what's being closed, what's available to us, how you get around traffic, all that's it's weird. Today's weird. This is what the world health director, a world health organization director said about the availability of testing. You cannot fight a fire blindfolded and we cannot stop this pandemic. If we don't know who is infected, we have a simple message for all countries, test, test, test. Test every suspected case. If they, ha- if they test positive, isolate them and find out who they have been in close contact with up. 
to two days before they developed symptoms and test those people too. Now, what they said yesterday in the White House briefing was that by the end of this week, they're expecting between 10 and 20,000 people per day will be tested throughout the United States, which is fantastic. Yes, it would have been nice had it been done three weeks ago, but that's not where we are, so stop complaining about it. Now we have to go forward with this so that we have a better idea of just how widespread this is. The awkward part about this, or perhaps the the fear-inducing part of it is, as we see the numbers of tests increase, we are going to see the number of confirmed cases increase, but that doesn't mean that it's spreading as wildly and as fastly as those numbers go up. So we mentioned that the bars and the restaurants have been closed down except for delivery, and I think that we're going to see more shutdowns. Burbank has just announced that it is closed all city buildings to the public effective immediately until further notice. Um, I think that that's just going to be what we see today and tomorrow. More shutdowns, government buildings, courts, all of it. And and to be honest, I think the good part of it is there's not a whole lot left to be closed down. I mean, now that schools are closed for the most part, uh, that the government buildings are closed for the most part, at least to the public, uh, bars, restaurants, those types of things, that they're closed down. We're not going to be able to. What what's left? I mean, what else is there to tell people not to drive? That's ridiculous. I got a lot of text messages from my friends with kids over the weekend. And uh, again, I was pretty thankful with my life choice uh, because they were like, this virus isn't going to kill me. Having the kids home for a month is going to kill me. And there was a there's a young family in my neighborhood. They got three kids. I want to say under seven. Those kids were just going crazy over the weekend. You know, you could hear them. Uh, running around and and the dad's like what are you doing and i'm just thinking about all the houses with little kids where you know after you run through the first 10 things that you could have them do in terms of crafts and activities and all of that oh oh man that's a lot of energy but at the same time i was thinking about this this morning as we were i was writing down some things that you know we're going to talk about one thing at least that you can do as a group together apart apart together or together apart, whatever it is, um, to get through this whole thing. We've this we've never been at a time that's more suited for, as awkward as this sounds, quarantining at home. Right. You know, we have so much available to us right now to take our minds off of what's going on out there in hospital rooms and emergency rooms around the country. We've we've got online classes. We've got YouTube videos. We have Marbula One. Do you know what Marbula One is? That is the Marble Racing Channel. Why is that fascinating? I love marble racing. My brother and I used to play with marbles in the dark times. And the fact that somebody (laughs) is taking HD video of a group of marbles rolling down a racetrack is fascinating and exciting at the same time. Um, I watched darts for a little while. We are um, we're going to get into something that we're going to try to institute on a regular basis here, and it's called uh, the Gas Corn Theater, Gas Quarantine Theater, Corn Theater. So Gas QT, hashtag Gas QT. And what we're going to do is we're going to tell you which movie we're going to watch tonight at eight o'clock, so that everybody sits down, throw your popcorn, glass of Chardonnay, glass of Scotch, whatever it is you do. And we're all going to watch the same movie together. We can talk about it online. We can tweet about it. We'll come back the next day and talk about that same movie. I think our first selection is really important because I I believe in America coming together and not 
going at each other's throats during this time. So it's let's gonna... remember this time as where we were cool to each other. Independence Day. Is that what you chose? No, no, that's not what I chose. Although that's a good one as well, because that's a worldwide thing. Well, here's a hint. The letters on the, the front of your jersey yeah. are more important than the letters on the back. Got it. We'll tell you what our gas QT quarantine theater movie selection is a little bit later. But in the meantime, we're standing by for an update from L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti. And when that starts, we'll go to it live. Don't start right now. You know I think that you're perfect. But I know why it's not working. You've always had the worst time. And I better think for all night. It's drinking and smoking and kissing my friends. I'll wake up and do it again. I say that I'm guilty and do it again, 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 again. I want to be young and party. Gary Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Standing by for a, a news conference, L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti is expected to hold a news conference here in a short time. And when that happens, we'll definitely bring it to you live. Also, at about 1230 is when we're expecting the White House latest update on uh, COVID-19 and the response. And the one o'clock hour, we are expecting Dr. Barbara Ferrer from L.A. County Public Health with the latest on what's been going on. We... Um, have been watching uh, interesting things in terms of what's going on with the grocery stores around around the United States in general, but uh, but here as well, there was a, an announcement that some of the hours had been cut in some of the grocery stores. So, for example, there was a they just use Ralph's as an example that they would close a little earlier than normal because of the opportunity for them to restock all of the uh, the things that they need. There's a that I don't know where that is specifically, but uh, oh, City of Commerce. They're watching a line of people to get into a, a Costco. Again, panic buying is not necessary. It's not ne- – hoarding stuff is not necessary. The basics of the supply chains in the grocery stores around America are fine. There's there's not damage to the infrastructure. It's not hard to get from the – distribution centers to the grocery stores. That's not the problem. Hey, who's ready for the first blockbuster trade coming out of NFL free agency this week? <laughs> Look at you. Let's go. Get Cardinals it. have yes. traded running back David Johnson to the Texans, and they will be getting DeAndre Hopkins in return. Wow. Yo. Well, thanks, Blake. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a big amazing. week. Give me all the free agency news. I, I will uh, lick it up. All right, so I've got some good news related to the coronavirus. Okay, I'd love it. Uh, I mean, it's not great, but it's it's it's, uh, it's good. Uh, U.S. researchers have given a healthy volunteer the first shot of an experimental coronavirus vaccine. 
It is, a mi- it is a milestone. They say it's the first step in a long process. There is a worldwide hunt for protection against COVID-19. This study was run by scientists at Kaiser in Seattle. The shots were developed by the National Institutes of Health in record time after this thing exploded from China. Experts do say it will be at least a year before any vaccine is ready for widespread use. And then there will be all the stories about the people that don't want it. Because of? Because. Right. It's a government plot. Dirty word. It's that. Um, the, uh, the other things in terms of what it is that we've been doing, trying to keep one foot on one foot on the brakes and one foot on the gas. I mean, we're doing our best not to panic, but at the same time, understanding that there's something very serious going on. If nothing else, you could just look at the Dow Jones industrial average and know that people are concerned about all of this. The Dow right now is down Another 9% down to 2,200 points almost. But, but yeah, they had to, uh, they had to open the stock market and then close it real quick again. Yeah. This is the, the third, third time, time in, in less, well, third time in a week basically that they've had to do that because the uh, circuit breakers kick in. We mentioned that the Surgeon General said that we could be Italy. I want to just tell you what's happened in Italy. Um, 349 people have died from this in the past 24 hours. The number of deaths for people testing positive now tops 2,100. Uh, the, the comment that there's, there's some weird somebody, – uh, somebody sent me this. I have so many thoughts going in my head right now. So – Somebody sent uh, an email that suggested that the statistics from China showed that, in fact, uh, 41% – again, I, this his numbers uh, – 41% of severe critical patients were between the ages of 15 and 49. There's a different thing going on. Uh, remember, if this is, in fact, something that's going to attack your lungs, the health of your lungs going into any sickness like this is going to be important. China is – rife with ridiculous amounts of air pollution to begin with. Everyone, it seems like, would have some sort of a compromised lung system in China. So the idea that a lot of the, not most of, but a lot of the severe or critical patients were between the ages of 15 and 49 is not a surprise. They're generally not as healthy. Italy, the same thing. Smoking there is is all over the place. Uh, it, it's not as healthy as uh, we would t- tend to be here in the United States. I'm not saying it's not worth paying attention to, but the numbers themselves, if you're comparing our population to the Chinese population in terms of who would get it and how severe and critical they are, what risk you're at, is different. It's it's not a one-to-one comparison. You have to keep that in mind, I think. So just in terms of when you see numbers coming out of places like that, you have to keep those things in mind. Italy is also a much more social place than, than we are. Uh, you know, it's like neighborhood pubs neighborhood everything and you're in constant contact with people all day long with the, with the nightlife and it's a very social place and you're just with people all the time so it's a little bit different i think that we're a little we're not as a social people um that we're going to talk about it coming up at 11 but there was a good write-up in the la times just about how devastating this is going to be for restaurants and bars restaurants that are operating on such small margins anyway that are going to be shut down 
Uh, we got a, a tweet saying, can I get a shout out for my wife's restaurant, Truxton's American Bistro in Westchester, Santa Monica and Torrance. They're offering 25% off takeout. Their full menu is available. We will do all of the shout outs uh, for restaurants that that we get because it really is important. And the restaurants and these small businesses are so important for our economy overall. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, they said, and we'll talk about it later, like I said, but uh, some of these shutdowns will be permanent. Yeah, they're not going to be able to recover from some of these things. We, we also, of course, our news and brews events uh, are on hold as of right now. But the places that we have been in the past, a lot of them have had to shut down because of the governor's edict from last night that breweries and brew pubs would be shut down. A lot of them still do can and bottle their beer and will have it available for sale either either out at the stores or sometimes even in their own facilities. You touched your face. And, With um, my sleeve. And I'm just I'm Don't just turn on me. Your... We need to stay together. <laughs> so make sure that you continue to do it. You may not be able to go grab a pint and sit at the bar, but you can go grab a pint Still support your local businesses. Try to get them through this time and continue to move forward. Um, when we go through, I don't see anything there. Uh, there it is. Uh, does that mean that he's on right now? Eric Garcetti. Waiting, waiting. Oh, there. there, there, there. All right. Let me see if I can pull this up for you. There's the there's very difficult and these will be taxing days, but we appreciate so in a much Costco? that each one of no, us he's in a can do something center. to save ah. a life of a loved one, to make sure that we flatten the curve and push it out, so that some of what we're seeing in other cities around the world, other countries, and even cities here in the United States now, doesn't come with the ferocity that we've seen to Los Angeles. Grocery stores, of course, are exempt from this. We all need to eat, and I wanted to let you see from behind the scenes just how much food there is for all of us here today. We're going to make sure that our grocery workers, and I want to thank everybody who works in a grocery store, who drives a truck, who's in a distribution or a center or warehouse, for the amazing work you are doing to make sure that society continues. And I'm here to reassure folks that we don't just have food for days or weeks, but for months, and that will continue unabated. Since Thursday, I've spoken with major representatives or representatives of major grocery groups who are represented here today next to me to make sure that we are meeting their needs and continuing to have safe delivery of secure food for everyone. They're going to tell you a few things today, but I want to reiterate a message I've been saying every single day. There's no reason to make a run on the supermarkets. It's appropriate to buy food for a week, as we do, But to buy so much food for a month or even for months has a consequence, not just for you, but for your loved ones, for grocery workers, and, of course, for those who are most vulnerable and who need food right now. Let me be clear. Supply chains are completely uninterrupted, and there's no shortage of food. So I'm imploring Angelinos not to overbuy, not to panic buy. You don't need to buy for months or even one month. Hoarding is hurting our most vulnerable Angelinos, folks who need food but are unable to get it or unable to wait in those lines. And descending on markets can create a dangerous situation with long lines and overcrowding, which could spread the coronavirus. Water will continue to flow. I know these folks sell some good bottled water. I also sell water right through the taps, and that will continue unabated. 
So please don't worry if there's any shortages. Did he just of say, water. I sell water through the taps? Yeah. <laughs> it's safe, it's secure, and it will continue. There's plenty of food, and toilet paper and paper towels will be replenished quickly. There are some things that will take a little bit longer. Uh, the best estimates, for instance, for hand sanitizer are a matter of weeks, not months, but there will be some time. So share with each other. And if you're sitting on a big cache of those things, please be considerate of those who also need to be sanitary and to maintain their work in stopping the spread of coronavirus. I'll say it again. Hoarding is hurting our community. So please don't do that. And your behavior isn't just bad. It can cost somebody their life. I'd also like to take a moment to thank all of our first responders, those folks, not just doctors, nurses, public safety professionals, and so many others, but those cashiers at our local markets, the workers in our stock rooms, the drivers of the trucks that are getting food to our shelves. They've continued to show up for work. They were working long hours, and I want to thank them for everything that they are doing. I'm also working together with the Grocery Association and others to make sure that protective gear is available for those who are facing the public as soon as we get that and can incorporate them right with our nurses and doctors and health professionals and first responders because what they are doing is life-saving. Grace under pressure is what I'm asking of this city during this tough time. We've been through tough days and we will get through this Los Angeles, but only together. Take smart decisions to protect your family and protect our community and show the best of our spirit in terms of generosity and kindness. With that, I'm going to invite a few folks who are critical in these supply chains and in our local grocery stores to say a few things. And our first speaker is Brian Kaltenbach, who is the president of Food for Less. Brian? Thank you, Mayor, and thank you for your leadership. Thank you for really taking care of Angelinos during this time of difficulty. Thank you also for giving us a platform today in order to um, share and have better understanding of what the needs are in the food industry and how we can better serve our communities. So I'd like to start, first of all, by thanking all the Angelinos that shop at Food for Less and Ralph's. Uh, you're incredibly patient. You're very, very compassionate to our associates trying to serve you. And a big thank you for what you're doing to help us get through this. I'd also like to thank our associates for all their hard work and dedication to the communities we serve. We take this extremely seriously, and we really appreciate uh, all of our associates and what they're doing. Some of the things our associates are doing is that in the middle of the night, they are stocking a lot of groceries. They're trying to replenish the stores, get inventory levels up on the critical items that you're looking for. And we're also doing a lot of cleaning. It's obviously critical that our stores are really clean and that you have a safe place to shop. During the day, we maintain really high standards by ensuring that we constantly clean high-use areas, such as pin pads, check stand belts, counters, restrooms, and ensure that we have sanitizing wipes for all the shopping carts that you use every day in our stores. On the supply chain side, I will tell you, I'm extremely proud of our industry. I'm extremely proud of what the manufacturers are doing and what we're doing at the supply chain level to keep things in stock. There is plenty of product. It's just a matter of getting the supply chain caught up from the amount of purchases that have occurred. So I would ask all of you just to continue to be patient and calm. Try to be prudent in the amount of products you're buying at one setting. Um, allow us to get caught up. 
but the industry is strong, the food supply is strong, and we will be there for you to serve you in your communities. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Brian. And next up, I'd like to ask Oscar Gonzalez, who's the co-president and chief operating officer of Northgate Markets, to come forward as well to say a few words. Oscar. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, on behalf of the Northgate Gonzalez family, we want to thank, first of all, our customers for putting their trust in us and, and our stores. Secondly, uh, our employees have been working tirelessly for the last you know, days, and uh, we want to thank them for you know, the sacrifices and the commitment to our customers and, and to our communities. Third, um, you know, I want to reassure that there is no food shortage. Uh, the issue that most of us retailers have been dealing with is with this overbuying. The uh, you know our distribution centers, our suppliers have been impacted. So, the the faster we can get to normalcy on in terms of buying behaviors, then we will be uh, we will be very good. I think that the the next thing is uh, our stores. We're committed to staying open, and we're committed to serving our communities. And uh, lastly, I just want to say that our supplier network has also been working diligently with us and uh, we are very, very proud of, of all of our vendor partners. And lastly, I would say I think it's really important as you come to our stores that uh, you know that you are in a safe uh, shopping environment. So our, our associates are working tirelessly to keep our stores clean, sanitized, and uh, just please, uh, as you come to the stores, Make sure that you are uh, thanking our associates and the associates in this industry because they're doing everything they can to serve you. Thank you very much. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Oscar. Gracias por sus palabras. Uh, we'll say a few things in Spanish at the end as well. But next up, Melissa Hill, who is the Director of Community Relations and Government Affairs at Albertsons, is going to say a few words. Melissa? Good morning, and Mayor, thank you again for this opportunity to bring all of the grocery retailers together. Speaking on behalf of Albertsons, Bonds, and Pavilions, we are so very proud of all of our frontline associates, both in the store and behind the scenes with our warehouse workers, our truck drivers, our manufacturing plants that are here in the area, helping to serve our, serve our stores and ultimately serve our customers. We are doing everything we can to keep the stores open and in stock, so we really appreciate the customers' patience while they allow us to get this done. In addition, as other retailers have mentioned, we are committed to offering the cleanest stores. So when customers are in our stores, our associates are either serving them or they're cleaning the shelves to make sure we have the safest and cleanest sanitized environment for our customers to shop in. We apologize for any out-of-stocks. We are working our best to get the stores back in business. So, again, we're doing everything we can to be there for our communities. So, once again, speaking on behalf of Albertsons, Bonds, and Pavilions, thank you so very much for your patience and for your loyal service. And to our associates, thank you again for all you're doing to help us serve our communities. Thank you very much. We appreciate that your words as well. And I'd like to ask uh, Rob McDougal, who is the president and the CEO of Gelson's Markets, to say some words as well. Rob? Thank you for this time, and thank you, Mayor, for uh, letting us speak to the customers out there. I just want to reassure our customers that although we are a little bit behind on stocking some shelves, it's not a supply problem. It's just really a people problem and getting that product to the shelves. 
Um, I would also like to take this time to publicly thank all of our employees at Gelson's I know who are working much overtime and working really hard to help fulfill your needs in our stores. And I just think it's really important to acknowledge that while you visit the stores um, and give us a little bit of grace as we work through this issue and this time. It's unprecedented. Um, and just having the mayor's support through this has been really helpful. Um, and we will get through it together. And I look forward to uh, uh, smooth sailing soon. But we are getting the product to the shelf as quick as possible. It's not a matter of supply. But thank you for your time. Thank you. And finally, our host today uh, at this Ralph's Distribution Center in Paramount, uh, we want to welcome Melissa, uh, sorry, thank Melissa, and, and thank uh, Kendra Doyle, who is here, longtime friend we've worked with on so many issues, and who is here as the Vice President of Merchandising for Ralph's to say a few words. Thank you so much, Kendra. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor, and for all of your strength and leadership that you've balanced with compassion for our communities. We're eternally grateful. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the opportunity here to address um, everyone. We wanted to take this chance to say we really are putting people first at Ralph's and Food for Less and working um, with our emergency leave guidelines policy um, to take care of associates who have been diagnosed or um, ensure them that they have, if they have a mandatory quarantine, that they should stay home, of course, and or if they're exhibiting uh, symptoms, we are encouraging them to do that as well. And we will take care of paid leave as they move through these challenging and trying times. Um, we are, uh, our associates really are, as many have said today, our heroes, um, and we are very honored and proud of all they are doing. And on that note, we are ready for more heroes. All right, Ralph's uh, let's we just break away right from this slobber fest. <laughs> Ralph's is hiring, just so everybody knows. <laughs> Ralph's is hiring. So this is the first stop, I think, on the way to a potential rationing situation. No, no. The, no, no, the, no. the, the, the mayor coming out and saying, don't panic buy, no shortage, we've got food, the, the, the stock, uh, the uh, shelves are stocked, everybody, nothing to see here. You're going to scare people. Well, this is a reaction. The, this press conference is a reaction to people lining up around the Costco's and around the, uh, the Ralph's and everything. Yeah. You know, they're they're being forced to come out and say, don't panic and don't hoard. But I'm curious how I don't know the mentality of this because I don't think we've ever seen this before. How long does it go where there's lines at the grocery stores every morning? I don't know. Is the same woman who bought 20 packs of toilet paper last week, does she go back next week and buy 20 more? Maybe. I mean, the mentality stuck her there in the first place. The yeah. mentality that she thought she had to get up at the crack of uh, butt crack of dawn to buy more toilet paper. Maybe that's what drives her back there the next time. The the mayor made a good point. I think we're going to see this in the in the next few days um, in terms of people who have overpurchased, people who did overbuy, and realize that their food is going to start to spoil before they can eat it themselves. That we're going to see the uh, I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's in communities, in neighborhoods, whatever. That you're going to see people who are like, hey, I can't eat four groups of uh, four clusters of bananas by myself maybe i could spread it out and we could trade a box of uh shell pasta or something for for bananas a couple things happened during this press conference number one canada closed its border canada has shut down the border to non-citizens also what also has happened is the airline industry has said just how bad mm. this is they said they're going to be out of money by the end of the year and they're looking for $50 billion in in help, government help. kind of feel like that's uh, kind of necessary at this point. All right, I'll tell you what. When we come back, 
we're going to give everybody a reason to come together tonight. Not not physically, because obviously we can't do that. But we're going to give everybody a reason to come together. We wanted to do this uh, on a regular basis. I'm not sure if we'll do this every single day. But um, but we're going to do something called the Gas Quarantine Theater. Hashtag Gas QT. And we're going to announce a movie to, you know, in a few minutes, we'll tell you what movie we're going to watch tonight. We tonight? can all start it at 8 o'clock, and we therefore we all watch the movie at the same time. Pre-plan, tell your family, gather around the TV. This is a movie that you're going to want to watch as a family. We can live tweet each other. Live tweet. You can laugh. You can cry. You can you come can, together. You can cheer. We'll tell you which movie is going to be the debut movie for Gas Quarantine Theater when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You know, it was nice uh, not having four hours a day to talk about this, but I feel (laughs) we just jumped right back into the fire. I don't care what the sheriff is going to say. I mean, I do. I shouldn't say it like that. Uh, Let's just say that law enforcement... Uh, first responders, hospital workers, nurses, doctors, uh, techs, everybody. They are the ones who are going to get us through this. Um, go ahead and pull that up and listen to a couple seconds here of Sheriff Vinaweva. And we continue to collaborate with local agencies. We monitor world events and provide the public with the most up-to-date information that we have. For the department itself, in order to increase availability of our personnel, we Why does he have a problem saying normal words? Personnel no, no. from now all the way through uh, the end of April. And um, we also provided protective, uh, personal protective equipment was issued to all of our field personnel. And we have sufficient inventory, and we'll be asking the Board of Supervisors to release the, the remaining frozen funds from our Sheriff's Department's accounts so we can continue purchasing and restocking the supplies of these things like masks, gloves, goggles, sanitizers, all the things we're using to sanitize our patrol stations, our custody facilities, our radio cars, all the things that are going to be used throughout this, this time period in question. And these are all preventative measures. And, of course, we remind all our personnel to uh, practice good personal hygiene, social distancing, uh, sanitizing, washing hands, and those things. Okay. Now, over the weekend, we've had several of our personnel come into contact, and they have been self-isolated. However, fortunately, no one has actually uh, uh, tested positive for the virus. Now we have uh, executed a second phase of our department-wide operations plans where our non-essential patrol personnel are non-essential personnel throughout the department are now being redeployed to our custody and our patrol operations. We're going to increase our presence in the field. And right now, this is a precautionary measure only because of the increased presence of people, in particular in shopping centers, supermarkets, Costco's, you know, wholesale distribution points. Those we want to increase our presence just in case, there, in case there's any sort of conflict. And... Uh, 
So right now we have only a very small number on self-quarantine, and we have not seen a large spike in sick call, and so this is very fortunate. Now, on the custody side, we've been... Well, this is uh, L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva just explaining what it is that uh, the Sheriff's Department is going to do. And, and as he said, uh, among other things, you will see a uh, greater presence in some areas like uh, parking lots at grocery stores because people are giant a-holes when it comes to uh, being under pressure for the first time. Yeah, let's, let's try and uh, be kinder to each other and not only care about ourselves. It felt like there was this real... Uh, I only care about myself mentality at the market last week. I don't know what it's like. I went Thursday. No, uh, I was, was going to stop tonight. I was there yesterday, and everybody seemed fine. I was yeah. a, I was a, at a Walmart, and I was also at a Ralph's. And uh, if the thing is, I when you go in, it's not like they're hiding stuff in the back. That that I think is probably a misconception. That's not the way these places run. At least not in 2020. They don't have a giant storeroom with all of the toilet paper that they're going to wait and put out later. If it's not on the shelf, chances are it's not there. Jo- so just wait till the next day. Jolene wrote to us and said, um, the last time we were assigned a movie, we all needed therapy. And that's correct. We oh, my did, gosh. That's uh, true. Taken in plain sight, abducted in plain sight. Yes, that's not what that's we're not talking what we're about doing. Here. We're doing the opposite of yeah, that. This is uh, So this is going to be... Our first, although I don't think this is a 20th Century Fox movie, our first gas quarantine theater movie. Now, the point of this is no matter how else the rest of your day goes, it's just an opportunity later tonight. Sit down in front of the TV or your computer, your phone even, wherever wherever you happen to be, however you're going to watch this, and just... Take your mind off of it for two hours. Now, we've probably all seen this movie before, some of us several times, but we've decided on Miracle. This is the story of the U.S. hockey team. It is a story that brings together America, should bring us all together. Not not physically. Kurt Russell. Mentally. Is mentally incredible. Want to hear an amazing story? Back in 1960, Coach Brooks was on the Olympic hockey team. But a week before the games, his coach cuts him and sends him home. And that team went on to win the gold medal without him. Herb Brooks had given up his dream of Olympic glory until 20 ordinary kids. Why'd you want to play hockey? This isn't it obvious for the girls. Gave him a second chance. All right. So it's from 2004. It's called Miracle. You can get it on just about every streaming service. It's on Netflix. It's on Disney+. Plus. Um, Amazon Prime has it, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, everybody's got it. So if you don't subscribe to one of those services, you can get it for two or three bucks, basically. And the whole point is for us to get together, not together, and hang out while taking our mind off of this stuff. The important part is we're not doing anything to hurt anybody. Maybe you get some of that old uh, microwave popcorn that's been sitting in the back anyway. You'll rather eat that than anything that's perishable, right? I assume, or not perishable, whatever it is. And then you can hear a scene like this. Great moments. Shannon's going to cry, by the way. Uh-huh. Are born from great opportunity. Right here. Yep. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. And I love his accent. This, there's no better accent than that accent in that locker room. One game. 
If we played them ten times, they might win nine. Not tonight. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. All right. So, I miracle. I want Herb Brooks to give me my... To be your alarm clock? Yeah. <laughs> uh, tonight, 8 o'clock, dial up Miracle on Netflix or Disney Plus or YouTube or however you're going to watch it and watch it with us. We'll put this on uh, uh, on social media as well so that everybody can catch it. Tonight at 8 o'clock, we'll all watch it. We'll rejoin. We'll live tweet. We'll talk about it tomorrow. And for two hours, we don't have to talk about this stuff. Okay. In the meantime, we have to talk about this stuff. So we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, some more. Gary and Shannon. I'm going What's it gonna be? Tonight the winds are change are blowing wild and free. If I don't care, Gary and Shannon. KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, the TV stations are not making this any better. Listen, there is no food shortage. The, the shelves have been restocked and restocked and restocked. There is no reason to hoard. The water coming out of the tap is just fine. Yeah, I want to play that cut from, from the mayor because whatever your opinion is of the guy and you think politicians are out there to lie to you in the first place, there there's nothing. There's no evidence to suggest that the supply chains are broken at all. It's just that people are buying so much crap that they're leaving the uh, the store shelves empty. Supply chains are completely uninterrupted, and there's no shortage of food. So I'm imploring Angelinos not to overbuy, not to panic buy. You don't need to buy for months or even one month. Hoarding is hurting our most vulnerable Angelinos, folks who need food but are unable to get it or unable to wait in those lines. And descending on markets can create a dangerous situation with long lines and overcrowding, which could spread the coronavirus. Water will continue to flow. I know these folks sell some good bottled water. I also sell water right through the taps, and that will continue unabated. Which is kind of a funny line. And to use the the sheriff, who was just a few minutes ago giving an update on what the largest sheriff's department in the country is doing, they have to redeploy to parking lots because people are being a-holes at the grocery stores and they're there to try to prevent a holery even though we know that that's not necessarily a given yeah it's the reaction is causing all of this panic you know this people's reactions to this uh the mayor last night ordered bars forced restaurants to stop dine-in service and, of course, this is all necessary to protect public health, stop the spread of this, flat, uh, flatten the curve. But there are some chefs that say that an extended shutdown means that some of these closures are going to be permanent. Uh, Sang Yoon is the chef and owner of Lakshan and Father's Office, says it, it's a gut punch. He said when this is over, the L.A. Ra- restaurant landscape will look dramatically different. So that's a huge fear and that the lasting implications after this may not be temporary, and that the closures might be permanent for a lot of places. I think as we see over the next, I don't know, three days, 10 days, I, I don't know what the time period is, but as we see over the next couple of days, a 
daily sort of sense of of what's going to happen as it sort of coagulates. We'll see opportunities, not just for people to still go out and get takeout or uh, get food delivered and try to maintain some sense of normal normalcy for some of these restaurants, et cetera. Uh, you're going to see opportunities for people to volunteer because if your high school kid is not at school, uh, they need something to do. Trust me. If you work in an hourly wage job where a store has to shut down or a restaurant or something like that, you're going to want something to do. And I think that those opportunities to volunteer are going to be out there. One of the suggestions that I had from uh, somebody emailed me or it was more of a question was, what are we going to do about senior citizens who are now have been told don't go outside? Yeah, that's what Gavin Newsom said. He said that if you're elderly, you should remain at home. And if you have underlying health issues, stay at home. Yeah. So you're going to have to check on neighbors, relatives, that sort of thing, and see if they need any help and uh, get them get them the food and everything that they're waiting for. I'm worried about all the people who work for a living and how they're going to pay rent. Because even if, uh, you know, the whole eviction thing, the evictions are out the window now for the time being, um, even if you don't have to pay rent for two months or three months or whatever, it's the, the bill's still going to come. And if you're not making any money because you waitress two jobs and you've been told that, that you're not needed or your hours are cut, how are people going to do that? I, I don't know. I don't think anybody has that. I mean, those are the, those are the unknowns. Those are the, uh, un, uh, the questions that surround what, next week looks like even you know and it can't be on the landlords to absorb that that hit because they probably have other bills it goes goes all yeah exactly um the mayor of sorry the governor of new jersey has been talking and basically has been saying similar uh things similar to what we've seen out of new york and uh washington and california where gyms are closed restaurants bars and stuff are closed all of that sort of thing and he's been very animated and just – I mean the, the, the sign language the interpreter sign is just as, a, yes. as animated. But he took his glasses off a second ago and wagged his finger at the TV cameras and said, if you think this is fake news, if you think this is Russians feeding fake news into our stream to try to get everybody scared, you're wrong. And if we do not get this right right now, it has the potential to be an incredible, disastrous – time for the United States. Unfortunately, there is a political bend to this and you're seeing people as polarized on this as you are when you look at where we are politically in our thinking. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of d- Democrats are thinking that this is a, a, a massive deal and they're freaking out about it. And then you're seeing a lot of Republicans saying that's nah, not a big deal. Uh, it's just the Democrats. They want to make things look bad for Trump. And right. it's like Everyone just leave politics out of it. So there again, the reality is somewhere in the middle where right. it's not a nothing, right? It's right. not a giant nothing burger. Right. But that doesn't mean we need to go, you know, rifle through the stores and and hoard sixteen rolls of toilet paper per hour. Exactly. So there's some. There's there's a happy, a happy, maybe not the right word. There's a medium in there. Yeah. There there's something in the middle there that's actually what it is that needs to happen here. So uh, as we go for the next few days and try to figure out what that medium. Might actually be. Uh, All right. We're waiting for a couple of things. Um, For one thing, the White House's news conference is scheduled for 1230 
as of right now. We'll keep an eye on that and see if it changes. But that's where Mike Pence, uh, the president actually spoke yesterday, but Mike Pence is the one who's been in charge of the response to COVID-19. At 1 o'clock, Alex Stone is going to join us, again, planned. Uh, The airlines are one of the industries that's absolutely taking this thing in the shorts. They said that they're going to be out of money by the end of the year. Also, Vegas, it has hit the Vegas Strip. 14 resorts along the Strip will close temporarily, effective tomorrow. We will go live to Vegas coming up next. Remember, our movie tonight, Miracle. It's on Disney Plus, Netflix, all those things. We're going to all watch it together for Gas Quarantine Theater, 8 o'clock tonight. Also, a baseball update when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, trying to keep everybody apprised of what's been going on on this very, very strange Monday. Um, We know that a lot of businesses, restaurants, bars, of course, closed in the city of L.A., Uh, restaurants only open for takeout and delivery service. You know it's bad when Vegas starts shutting down because with a casino shutdown, there's a lot of money that's lost every single second that ticks by. And now we've seen 14 resorts along the Strip that have closed temporarily at this point, uh, effective tomorrow. And at least some have already started the layoff process as well. Rich Johnson is in Vegas. Rich and I work together up at Cairo in Seattle. He lives in Vegas now. Uh, what is the scene over there? I'm uh, downtown right now, and you can hear uh, construction going on. The construction crews are still working on the circus, still doing some improvements at the, the downtown Grand where they're building a new thing. I just drove the strip, and the, the places aren't closed yet, uh, Gary and Shannon, and people are taking advantage. I saw plenty of folks going into places like the Bellagio and the Mirage, although I could see the uh, the bike racks, the waist-high barriers sitting there ready to go when those places shut down. Uh, Mon Ami Gabi, the uh, nice uh, French place on the sidewalk right across from the Bellagio Fountain, could not see an empty table there. Uh, here on Fremont Street, uh, the usual crowd. I mean, Monday midday is probably the deadest day of the week for any place in Vegas, and uh, but there's still you know several hundred folks walking Fremont Street right now. Oh, I'm so jealous that I'm not at Main Street Station on a $5 table. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a cow. I will stop by there. But I also will tell you that I drove by the, that wonderful place I showed you on your last trip, and there was not a uh, empty car spot in the parking lot at the Pepper Mill. Oh, the Pepper Mill's the best. It is my new favorite thing in Vegas. I, I just uh-huh. love it. It's like the place that time forgot. Um, so you're not seeing a difference in crowds, huh? Not so far. I was down here on, on Fremont Street on Friday, and it was very busy. But I think a lot of that were uh, folks who had come for the basketball tournaments that all got canceled mid-tournament, and they still had uh, airplane flights that were for Saturday or Sunday. So they were taking advantage of uh, no basketball and walking around and losing some money. Uh, the strip was a little less than, I would think, as, as per usual. But, boy, it'll be interesting to see tomorrow when all the MGM properties and the wind and the encore closed down. But Treasure Island still open. Circus Circus still open. The Venetian and Palazzo about to stay open. And I've heard nothing about anybody here downtown. It's just that it's been crickets. They've not made any announcements. Uh, do you have a good idea of how much the strip provides? Um, I don't know. What's the word? How important is the strip to the economy of Clark County, Southern Nevada in general? 
Well, the entire you know, the hospitality industry all over is the number one industry by far in Clark County, and not just the strip downtown and all the local places, because there are there are casinos and hotels for 15, 20 miles around uh, the uh, the strip, and yeah, it's going to be a hurt. There's going to be some uh, definite uh, assistance uh, needed. I, I don't have a dollar figure, but it's it's many billions of dollars and a pretty high percentage. I'm going to guess. 30, 40 percent of the economy of Clark County is related to the hospitality industry. When do you anticipate the downtown shutting down? If if there's this many properties yeah. along the strip, uh, has there been any talk about that? I've been making inquiries and I've received no responses yet. So I have to think one of the reasons I'm hearing no responses is that everybody is hunkered down in their respective boardrooms trying to figure out what to do, maybe get their story street straight. I wouldn't be surprised if all the uh, casinos that are part of what's called the Fremont Street Experience uh, speak as one, but but we shall see. The other folks who are really taking it hard and have now for uh, four or five days are all the sports books. They seem to be open, except in the places where the hotels are, are closing in, in the next day or so. But there's nothing to bet on. Right. One, tout, uh, one, one guy uh, called Vegas Dave, who is... Uh, universally loathed by the sports betting community here in Vegas, <laughs> who all of a sudden said, yeah, give me $400 and I'll give you the best plays on curling and cricket. Dark days yeah. when you're betting on curling and cricket. <laughs> hey, Rick, you you learned about how the sport works an hour ago. Yeah, not a good thing to bet on. What's that guy's number? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will uh, keep your gambling addiction and my gambling addiction in my prayers and my thoughts that it survives, that they both survive this uh, coronavirus, Rich. Thanks for joining us. Golden Tiki next time, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, did you see the story out of Vegas as well where the guy ran into a Walmart in a hazmat suit and started spraying stuff? Oh, boy. Like I said, we're really revealing ourselves during these tough times. That, uh, it's a frustrating. Um, it's a frustrating thing to see other people uh, uh, that claim to be members of humanity doing this sort of thing. Well, um, I, I don't, want to give you an update on Major League Baseball. I was just going to say I don't want to be the one to give the bad news, so you do it. The update from CDC, of course, from last night was restricting events of more than fifty people for the next eight weeks, and now that Major League Baseball includes twenty-six players on each team's roster. They can't even play games. Nope. They literally can't put together two teams. So at this what, point, what, they say mid-May. Yeah, they said so. CDC says fifty people for next eight weeks. That's the general rule. So the opening of the twenty twenty regular season would be pushed back in accordance the middle of May because even if they were to start an opening day, players would want to have more. Um, they'd want to have 10 days, two weeks maybe of spring training to sort of get back into shape, even though a lot of them are already in shape. Here's another Hollywood celebrity who has just tested positive as of today. Idris Elba announced on Twitter that he has tested what positive What is it with the most beloved celebrities getting it first? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Olga Kurilenko, former Bond girl. I couldn't picture her if I tried, but uh, she has apparently tested positive as well. Uh, but again, the the best example of this or the, the most important thing to take away from people like Idris Elba, uh, Rudy Gobert from the jazz. Uh, any, I mean, these people, well, these high profile idiot. people, 
but but that the majority of them are not showing massive symptoms. They're not having major complications. Right. They're sick. Well, I mean, we, they get the flu. We've all had that. We know that 81% of the people that get the coronavirus only show mild to zero symptoms. 81%. That doesn't make me less itchy. I was just scratching my head. You are rather itchy. I don't know if that's an, uh, if that's an anxiety response in me. I that, think your sweater. My sweater's itchy. It, it looks itchy. I got to get this thing off. Ah, it's hot. Is that flannel in there? It what? is. Okay. It's just that in looks case. really warm. It is warm. It's cold outside. What's going on with those pits? No, you can't see those, can you? No, because you have an undershirt on. You're wearing 16 layers. <laughs> is this your response? Three. All right, coming up next. This made us very happy this More morning. More barriers between me and whatever happened in here. It's going to make you very happy when we play this for you. It involves Arnold Schwarzenegger, a donkey, and a pony. It doesn't get better. It does. Well, I mean, it could get better. Like gets, we could, we could be rid of this thing. It doesn't get weirder. It doesn't get weirder. <laughs> We're also talking with Corbin Carson when he comes up. Uh, we're talking about how some uh, smart stores have opened early for grandma and grandpa to go get some of their stuff, or mom and dad, depending on how old you are. Gary and Shannon will continue. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I just saw a meme posted by uh, George Lopez, and it shows uh, what would appear to be a middle-aged couple in a grocery store, and it's a cartoon, and they have a grocery cart full of stuff. And then in front of them, there's this little old man with a cane and an empty hand cart. And the the message behind that is... We're being a-holes. We're being a-holes. There will be enough to go around. You don't need all of it. Think about the guy with the cane. <laughs> who's forced to go to four different stores because you've bought all of the toilet paper and the frozen foods. Um, we have... Get, I, we don't think we've mentioned yet today, at least you and I haven't, n- numbers about any of this. I think we're beyond that in terms of uh, there's no need to get into the numbers. That's People are fearful as it is, and I think that that's important to keep in mind. Uh, we will say this. There was a text chain going around that suggested that the president was going to declare martial law tonight. Uh, The National Security Council, the White House National Security Council, also tweeted that that was not true. Now, there are plenty of states at this point that have come up with, um, in some cases, recommendations and in others, orders in terms of closing restaurants, bars, places that people will gather, movie theaters, gyms, and things like that. City of Los Angeles has closed some of those things as well. But uh, we're keeping in mind that repeated, repeated words from politicians, leaders, that grocery stores will stay open. We heard from the grocery store owners and managers themselves. They understand how important they are 
and they are going to stay open, committing to staying open. We so. have 69 cases in L.A. County after uh, a handful more were unveiled yesterday. We're going to get an update from the L.A. County health officials coming up in about a half an hour. Corbin Carson is joining us to talk about uh, the grocery stores in terms of one of the things that has been suggested by the governor. If you're over 65, you're going to want to stay home or at least stay out of those crowded areas. So, Corbin, how is it that uh, grocery stores are making uh, making it available for our older friends to get in there and get some foods? Well, nobody stayed home today. There were plenty out this morning. Early, early, uh, I went to a Northgate Market in La Habra. They had a special promotion. It was for today only. They said they're going to try it out. They may have another announcement today and extend this to some of their other stores in their other counties. But at this particular location, they opened 30 minutes early for senior shoppers, uh, people had to show ID. Many said it was nice to be able to shop in the store without the madhouse of people inside the store. Also, only a certain amount were let in at a time. But still, the line started super early. Two lines in each direction around the store uh, of seniors. And, and, of course, this is a store that typically opens at 8 a.m. They opened at 7.30, and people were still in line long after 8. Many of the people I talked to said they hope other grocery stores will do it also. But, again, as soon as you got inside, a lot of the shelves that you, you're used to seeing, you're seeing typical pictures of shelves being empty. Uh, even though this store had restocked the night before, uh, People were complaining that there was no meat, fish, toilet paper, water, tuna, the, the things you've been hearing about. But still, it was very helpful from what I'm hearing from the senior shoppers that were able to uh, get in there and, and shop without being distracted. Some of the employees were helping those that needed it to get around the store and get what they needed early. I'd like more of that. Yeah. Kudos, you know? <laughs> kudos to them for that. That's for sure. Hey, did you get a chance? I know they were busy, but did you get a chance to, to talk to any of the workers in there in terms of how slammed they've been lately? I did. And you know what? Some of them were saying, hey, they're just doing what they can. Some are, are working super long hours to help out, and they feel like this is the way that they can do their part. But again, uh, the ones that I, were, uh, that I was talking to were helping seniors, and, and they said this was a very special feeling, even for just the 30 minutes that they were able to do it. The one worker that I was talking was actually helping another lady out, and she spoke to me for a few minutes, if you want to hear it. She was talking kind of, kind of her, her answer really uh, summed up what's going on with seniors trying to shop in this area. I love Northgate for doing what they're doing for us elderly, um, but there's, there wasn't everything that I needed I didn't, wasn't able to find. Toilet paper, Clorox, um, meat. I mean, I just got chicken. That's all, all the other stuff I've never even heard of. The meat, I've never heard of, so I didn't get any. But but still, I appreciate what, what they're doing for us. And hopefully everybody else will do it too. But I don't know. I'm just scared, <laughs> like everybody else, you know. Was it easy to get in? or? Uh, yeah, well, I got here at 520. A couple of the girls got here at 4. 4 a.m., and the doors opened at 730. Wow, and I bet some of those people haven't been carded in 40, 50 years. <laughs> yeah, one one group told me, they said, hey, this is the first time it's been good to be 65. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And, and, you know, another thing I asked them as well, like, like um, you know, my, my question to all of them after we got the, hey, how's it like, how's it... How's it feel to be able to shop with some kind of normalcy? Uh, I said, so are you going back home to hunker down? And it was interesting, some of the the answers I got. I got some people were telling me, of course, yeah, I'm going home. I'm scared, as you heard that woman just say right there. She's scared, as, as many so others are. And then other people were like, look, 
I'm going to avoid large crowds as best as I can. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm cutting back on a lot of the things I'm doing. But one guy told me, look, I'm not going to hide, you know, and, and I'm going to go about my daily life. But I'm certainly taking more precautions than I normally would. Corbin Carson, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. I mentioned earlier that we are happy to give a shout out to local restaurants that are open for takeout. Uh, Shara wrote to me on Twitter. She says, Maselli's Restaurants on Las Palmas in Hollywood, L.A.'s oldest Italian restaurant in their 71st year. Also, Maselli's on Coanga. They are open for takeout. So remember, even though the restaurants are, are shut down for dine-in, we got to do our part to keep them alive. Yeah, and, and maybe it's just going and, and, and calling and asking. What's the best way that we can help you out? Whether that's uh, to, to a take gift out. Card to, or, a gift card yeah. would be a great option as well because these are going to be tough times for, uh, for restaurant owners and other small businesses like this. Um, and, and if you know of, like Corbin was just talking about, stores that are doing things like this to make sure that people do get what they need, especially the older folks who are going to be stuck in their homes, let us know because we'd love to be able to point those out and talk about the uh, the positive things. Uh, we will, by the way, talk about some of the, the great things. The, um, the governor, sorry, former governor and his miniature horse and miniature donkey. It's the best thing you're going to see slash here today. We're going to get this in. I swear we will because it's just unbelievable. First of all, it's unbelievable that you have horses and donkeys in your house. In your kitchen. Get a dog. But anyway, that's uh, whatever you do. That's fine. I'm being judgy. It's um, kind of like a nice weighted blanket, this video. <laughs> it very much is. Speaking of weighted blanket, those images and videos of the Italian people singing, singing from their uh-huh. balconies. Yeah. Holy I cow. I know. I love it. I saw somebody on Twitter say, we get it, Italy. You all have balconies. <laughs> but it is really and, nice. And most of you can sing very, very well. Uh, all right. Gary and Shannon will continue it again. We're keeping an eye on the White House news conference scheduled to start next hour. The county news conference scheduled to start next hour. And uh, Alex Stone is going to join us to talk about airlines as well. A lot to come on the Gary and Shannon show. There was a week to get caught with hookers and meth at a day's in. This would be it. Why is that? Why Why would you? Uh... Well, because nobody's paying attention. <laughs> I mean, we normally would have already done a segment on a politician who gets caught with meth and a male hooker at a hotel. We might have taken phone calls on that. We might have done a whole hour on it, but we haven't mentioned it. Uh, all right. We um, uh, A reminder, though, we are accepting... Good news stories. If you have uh, been been witnessing people that are helping other people out, we definitely want to know about it. Uh, let us know about which restaurants uh, you have been going to so that we can help them out as well. And a reminder that tonight, our first edition of Gas Quarantine Theater, we're going to all watch the movie Miracle with Kurt Russell. It's on Netflix. It's on Disney+. Plus. You might be able to get it on demand. Uh, those, of course, YouTube, Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, they're all available for like two ninety nine. dollars So $3 worth of entertainment tonight. Uh, you've got microwave popcorn. Everybody does. Get it ready at 8 o'clock. We'll all start the movie, and we could all watch it together, apart, apart, together. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Wow. 
Oh, he told you this, and we'll tell you again. It looks like we're going to get an update from L.A. County on COVID-19. Coming up in about a half an hour, 25 minutes or so, we'll hear from the supervisors as well as our friend Dr. Barbara Ferrer about where we stand. We know that we have 69 cases as of yesterday in L.A. County. According to uh, our doctor-in-waiting, Blake, the news conference has been pushed up to 1215. Oh. So we'll keep an eye, an ear on that, make sure that we get to it. Um, another celebrity has tested positive. In this case, Idris Elba has tested positive for coronavirus, says that I feel okay. I have no symptoms, but so far I've been isolated since I found out my possible exposure to the virus. A side note about that as well. Um, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, the two Utah jazz players that have tested positive, And then somebody, uh, somebody else tested positive in the NBA, another player. Most of the teams, by the way, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, no, that there was a third. Chris Wood, is that right? Wood, yeah, Christian Wood. Is that what it was? Something like that. He was Wood, yes. Yeah, he was mano a mano against Gobert like a week and a half. Uh, Right. So the other players on the Utah Jazz and the other team members, the other uh, coaches, et cetera, have tested negative. So that that says something to me. Sure. I mean, that these guys, number one, they're in such close contact anyway. Rudy Gobert was a goober about it and went through and touched everybody's microphone, if you remember that. Just because you're exposed doesn't mean you're going to get it. Right. You know, t- still take those precautions, but I think that that's a positive thing. Well, trading. I shouldn't have used that word. That's a good thing, I'll say it. Trading has been stopped on Wall Street for the third time, even after the Fed announced it was slashing rates to zero. The Dow plummeted more than nine, 9.7% just after the opening bell rang. Right now, oil has lost another 9%. Oil is below $30 a barrel right now, $30 a barrel, which I don't think I've ever seen. Um, as still paying three and a quarter for the gas, you know, for a gallon of gas here in California. But uh, oil at $28 a barrel is ridiculous. It looks like the Department of Health and Human Services was cyber attacked last night. And it was related to its response to the coronavirus. Not sure what this means because they're saying that the suspicious activity uh, with Health and Human Services was was not a hack but may have been a distributed denial of service, a DDoS attack. That to me is a hack. Yes. If they are able to... Stop the output of the services. Yes. But it wasn't that they were distributing information or stealing information from HHS. It's just that they were making it hard for them to do their job, I guess is the best way to put it. All right. To the meth and hookers portion of the show. Remember Andrew Gillum? He was. Remember the good old days when we talk about meth and hookers and politicians and it would be great. Such good times. It's like a weighted blanket. Um, He was very close to becoming Florida's governor. And he's seen as a rising star for the Democrats. Well, he was found on Friday in Miami Beach at a hotel with a male hooker and a bunch of meth, crystal meth. He says that he is going to rehab, Mm -hmm. that the drugs were not his, but that alcohol is a problem. He says, since my race for governor ended, I fell into a depression that has led to alcohol abuse. He's pledging to go to rehab to heal fully and show up in the world as a more complete person. Hmm. In the earlier statement that he gave to police, he said that he was in Miami Beach for a wedding and was not using illegal drugs. Said that he 
did drink too much, but he would never use the meth. I like how he's using a wedding as an excuse. Like, you, you know how it gets. You go to a wedding, you have a couple pops, you end up with a male hooker and methamphetamines in a motel. Hey, Blake's wedding is coming up. I mean. Let's see where it goes. All um, right. We uh, we are standing by for a news conference. We do expect the county to have a news conference here soon. We're also expecting the White House uh, with the task force led by Mike Pence to hold a news conference. That one is, is the one that was moved up to 1215. So when that starts, we will bring it to you live. But we also want to play this for you. Arnold Schwarzenegger in his home trying to get through this with his miniature donkey and his miniature pony. Uh, this was the sound of uh, of the governor feeding carrots to his animals. Okay, now. okay, no one is allowed out, especially someone that is like 72 years old. After you're 65, you're not allowed at the house anymore in California. So we stay home and we eat here. Right? Oh, yeah, that's yummy. I eat with the whiskey and there's Lulu. Lulu loves carrots. Whiskey loves carrots. I just had my little bit of vegan food. Oh, that was yummy, huh? Oh, see, that's what we do. We don't go out. We don't go to restaurants. We don't do anything like that anymore here. We just eat. With whiskey and with Lulu, we have a good time. We get entertained. Look at that beautiful smile she has. Huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Where do you get... <laughs> I love that he has donkeys in a pony, a miniature pony in his kitchen, and he's feeding them. I mean, that was the video we all needed to see. All right, we've got some breaking news here out of the Bay Area All nine Bay Area counties have been placed under a shelter-in-place order. Now, what that means is in those counties in the Bay Area, the only things that will be open will be police and fire departments, hospitals, grocery stores, that's a key, pharmacies, and a few other businesses that will be allowed to remain open under this shelter-in-place order. You will be able to go to the grocery store in the Bay Area. And other essential services, but the mayor is urging residents not to rush, saying that stores will stay open. They will stay fully stocked. Well, and this is like what we saw in Italy. This is what we talked to, uh, was it Mark, about last week. Mark called us from Naples and said that they are able to go to the grocery stores, um, but they're told to stay home other than that, or the pharmacy, things like that. Now, what was important that Mark told us is that the stores are stocked. Yes. Nothing's running out. He's been able to get everything that he needs. So don't be that guy that goes to the market right now or two minutes ago, right. and is is clearing out the shelves because you're going to have everything you need. As you heard from the mayor earlier, there is no problem in the supply chain. There is no disruption in the supply chain. Hey, in, the, in, the, in, the, in your haste, if that's what you're planning on doing, going to a store somewhere to get something, um, uh, why don't you stop by your neighbor's house first and ask if they need help, okay? Yeah. Instead of, instead of it being about you... Why don't you ask somebody else if they need help? Again, this is an order specifically for the counties in the San Francisco Bay Area, Alameda, Contra Costa, Marin, Napa, San Francisco, San Mateo, Santa Clara, Solano, and Sonoma. And they're saying that it would be a two-week shelter in place, only go to the grocery store when you need it, only go to those few other businesses that will remain open, pharmacies, hospitals, But police and fire, of course, will continue to serve. Coming up next, the Dream Center brings us one of the feel-good stories out of the coronavirus. The Dream Center, always there to help. And they're doing that again with this 
crisis of sorts. And the Mike Pence update coming up at the White House. We'll wait for L.A. County as well. Still a lot to get through today. Gary and Shannon will continue. Home, where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. We're going to go live to uh, Washington, D.C. President Trump taking the podium for today's White House Coronavirus Task Force update. I want to thank everybody for being here today. This morning I spoke with the leaders of the G7, G7 nations, and they uh, uh, really had a good meeting. I think it was a very, very productive meeting. I also spoke with our nation's governors. And this afternoon we're announcing new guidelines for every American to follow over the next 15 days as we combat the virus. Each and every one of us has a critical role to play in stopping the spread and transmission of the virus. We we did this today. This was done by a lot of very talented people, some of whom are standing with me. And that's available. And Dr. Birx will be speaking about that in just a few minutes. It's important for the young and healthy people to understand that while they may experience milder symptoms, uh, they can easily spread this virus, and they will spread it indeed, putting countless others in harm's way. We especially worry about our senior citizens. The White House Task Force meets every day and continually updates guidelines based on the fast-evolving situation that this has become all over the world. It's all over the world. It's incredible what's happened in such a short period of time. On the guidelines of the task force, the new modeling conducted by Dr. Burks and our consultation with governors, we've made the decision to further toughen the guidelines and blunt the infection now. We'd much rather be ahead of the curve than behind it, and that's what we are. Therefore, my administration is recommending that all Americans, including the young and healthy, work to engage in schooling from home when possible, avoid gathering in groups of more than 10 people, avoid discretionary travel, and avoid eating and drinking at bars, restaurants, and public food courts. If everyone makes this uh, change or these critical changes and sacrifices now, we will rally together as one nation, and we will defeat the virus, and we're going to have a big celebration all together. With several weeks of focused action, we can turn the corner and turn it quickly. A lot of progress has been made. I'm also pleased to report today that a vaccine candidate has begun the phase one clinical trial. This is one of the fastest vaccine development launches in history. 
not even close. We're also racing to develop antiviral therapies and other treatments, and we've had some promising results, early results, but promising to reduce the severity and the duration of the the symptoms. And I have to say that uh, our government is prepared to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, we're doing. We're doing it in every way. And uh, with that, I'd like to just introduce Dr. Birch, who's going to discuss uh, some of the things that we strongly recommend. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. I think you know over the last months we've taken very bold action to stop the virus from coming to our shores. And because of that, we gained time to really get together and understand the progress across the globe of what has worked and what hasn't worked. We now need to appeal to every single American so that they can have their role in stopping the spread of this virus. We've talked about things before about washing your hands, but we really want to focus on if you are sick, no matter who you are, please stay home. If someone in your household is diagnosed with this virus, the entire household should quarantine in the house to prevent spread of the virus to others. The reason we're taking these strong and bold steps is because we know there is virus spread before you develop symptoms, and then we know that there's a large group, we don't know the precise percent yet, that actually is asymptomatic or has such mild cases that they continue to spread the virus. If your children are sick, please keep them home. Now to our older population or those with pre-existing medical conditions, everyone in the household needs to focus on protecting them. Everyone in the household. I want to speak particularly to our largest generation now, our millennials. I have the mom of two wonderful millennial young women who are bright and hardworking, and I will tell you what I told to them. They are the core group that will stop this virus. They are the group that communicates successfully, independent of picking up a phone. They intuitively know how to contact each other without being in large social gatherings. We're asking all of them to hold their gatherings to under 10 people, not just in bars and restaurants, but in homes. We really want people to be separated at this time. To be able to address this virus comprehensively that we cannot see, for which we don't have a vaccine or a therapeutic, the only thing we have right now is the amazing ingenuity and compassion of the American people. We're appealing to all Americans to take these steps, to protect each other, and to ensure that the virus doesn't spread. These guidelines are very specific. They're very detailed. They will only work if every American takes this together to heart and responds as one nation and one people to stop the spread of this virus. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Burks. So just to connect with what I mentioned to you in previous discussions in this room, and Dr. Burke said it very well, that in order to be able to contain and curtail this epidemic to not reach its maximum capability, we have a two-pillar approach, one of which I believe has been very effective in preventing the substantial seating, namely the travel restrictions that we've discussed many times in this room. 
The other, equally, if not more important, is when you have infection in your own country, which we do, and, you know, I could read the numbers, but they're really essentially what we've seen yesterday, incremental increases both uh, globally as well as in the United States with the curve doing that. So, therefore, the kinds of things that we do are containment and mitigation. Uh, this, what we're mentioning now, the guidelines, when you look at them carefully, I believe if the people in the United States take them seriously because they were based on some rather serious consideration back and forth, some may look at them and say they're going to be really inconvenient for people. Some will look and say, well, maybe we've gone a little bit too far. They were well thought out. And the thing that I, I want to reemphasize, and I'll say it over and over again, when you're dealing with an emerging infectious diseases outbreak, you are always behind where you think you are if you think that today reflects where you really are. That's not word speak. It means if you think you're here, you're really here because you're only getting the results. Therefore, it will always seem that the best way to address it would to be doing something that looks like it might be an overreaction. It isn't an overreaction. It's a reaction that we feel is commensurate, which is actually going on in reality. So take a look at the guidelines, read them carefully, and we hope that the people of the United States will take them very seriously because they will fail if people don't adhere to them. We have to have, as a whole country, cooperate and collaborate to make sure these get done. Thank you. Okay, go ahead. Mr. President, Mr. President a lot of people are concerned about how long all of this might last. Do you, do you have any kind of estimate that if if Americans really were to band together right. and do what the White House is suggesting, how quickly you could turn this corner? My favorite question, I ask it all the time. How many times, Anthony, I think I ask him that question every day, and uh, I speak to Deborah, I speak to a lot of them, I get the opinion. So it seems to me that if we do a really good job, uh, we'll not only hold the death down to a, a level that is uh, much lower than the other way, had we not done a good job, uh, but people are talking about July, August, something like that. So it could be right in that period of time where it, I say wash, it washes through. Other people don't like that term, but where it washes through. So, so is this the new normal until the height of the summer? Uh, we'll see what happens, but they think uh, August could be July could be longer than that, but I've asked that question many, many times. Yes. That being said, Mr. President, Americans today and, and looking forward are living with so much anxiety and so yeah. much fear facing uncertainty right now. I'm curious, how are you talking to your own family about this? How are you talking to your youngest son? Uh, do you empathize with this sense of anxiety? People are really scared. Yeah. No, I think they are very scared. I think they see that we're doing a very professional job. We've been working with the governors and the frankly, the mayor's local government at every level. Uh, we have FEMA totally involved. FEMA has been, uh, you know, usually we see FEMA for the hurricanes and the tornadoes. Now we have FEMA involved in this. They've been doing a fantastic job locally, working with people that they know because they work, like as an example, in California, in uh, the state of Washington. Uh, they work with them a lot on other things, and they're very familiar, so they're working on it. Uh, what you can do and all you can do is uh, professional, totally competent, 
Uh, we have the best people in the world. We are really the greatest experts in the world. And uh, someday soon, hopefully, it'll end and we'll be back to where it was. But this came up. It, it we came up so suddenly. Look, you were surprised. We were all surprised. We heard about it. We heard about uh, reports from China that something was happening. And all of a sudden, uh, we did make a good decision. We closed our our borders to China very quickly, very rapidly. That was a that was a otherwise we'd be in a very as, as Tony has said numerous times, we'd be in a very bad position, uh, much worse than we would be right now. You look at what's happening in other countries, Italy's having a very hard time. Uh, but I think that I think that what we do and I've spoken actually with my son, he says, How bad is this? It's bad. It's bad. But we're going to uh, we're going to be hopefully a best case, not a worst case, and that's what we're working for. Yes. Can you clear up some confusion on two key fronts? One is about your own test. The other is about containment efforts. Is the administration considering more aggressive containment uh, options, like a quarantine, a national curfew? Uh, well, we have that very much. Yeah, we have that very much, and we are uh, we've been pretty aggressive. We were early with Europe, but we were very, very early with uh, China and other places, and fortunately, we were. And as far as containment here, we are. We, we're coming out with strong suggestions. And, you know, it's becoming a little bit automatic. You look at people, they're not doing certain things. For instance, obviously not, I wouldn't say the restaurant business is booming and bars and grills and all. People are uh, self-containing for, to a large extent. Uh, we look forward to the day when we can get back to normal. To be specific, your second are, are, you, are you considering instituting a nationwide lockdown, a nationwide quarantine? Uh, the NSC knocked that down, but there's still some questions about how it all came At this point, not uh, nationwide, but, uh, well, there are some, you know, some places in our nation that are not very affected at all. But we may, we may look at certain areas, certain, certain uh, hot spots, as they call them. We'll be looking at that. But uh, at this moment, no, we're not. The second question is, you said you had, you had your coronavirus test Friday night. Uh, the, the White House doctor's office put out a statement around midnight Friday saying that no test was indicated. So when exactly was your test administered? Well, I had my uh, test. I was late Friday night. And the reason I did it was because the uh, I had no symptoms whatsoever. So the doctor said, you have no symptoms, so we don't see any reason. But when I did the press conference on Friday, everybody was going crazy. Did you do the test? Did you do the test? So very late on Friday night, I did the test. And uh, he may have put out, or the doctor may have put out something at a, I don't know what time the letter went out. Maybe it was put out by somebody else. But uh, the results came back, I believe, the following day. And uh, we tested negative. But the question is, how could the White House doctor's office say a test wasn't indicated, <coughs> implying that you hadn't had one when, in fact, you had Well, I, I told them that, uh, and I went totally by what they said, the doctors, more than one. Uh, they said you don't have any of the symptoms. They checked what you're supposed to check and that I didn't have symptoms. But I did it. I did a, a test late on Friday night and it came back uh, probably 24 hours later or something. They sent it to the labs, came back later. Yeah, please. Mr. President, you had a uh, teleconference with the nation's governors today. Yeah. And in that teleconference, you told them if they need things like respirators or masks to try to get it on their own. What did you mean by that, and what will the federal If they can get them faster them? by getting them on their own, in other words, go through a supply chain that they may have, because the governors, you know, during normal times, the governors buy a lot of things, not necessarily through federal government. If they're able to get ventilators, respirators, if they're able to get certain things without having to go through the, the longer process of federal government, we have stockpiles now where we're ordering tremendous numbers of ventilators, respirators, masks, and they're ordered, and they're coming, and we have 
quite a few at this point. I think, Mike, we have a lot. But if they can if they can get them directly, it's always going to be faster if they can get them directly if they need them. Uh, and I've given them authorization to order directly. Go ahead, please. Mr. President, one of the big weaknesses in our health care system is uh, surge capacity for uh, medical facilities. And I wanted right. to ask uh, what precautions, what, what planning is being done uh, to uh, get China start, uh, was able to build hospitals in a matter of days. Are you prepared to use the Corps of Engineers or FEMA to start building uh, search capacity that we may need in a couple weeks? Well, first of all, we hope we don't get there, and that's what we're doing, and that's why we're taking a very strict look at this. But we also are uh, looking at areas, and not only looking, we're expanding uh, certain areas. We're taking over buildings that aren't used. We're doing a lot in that regard. We hope we don't have to get there, but we are doing a lot in that regard. <laughs> Could you uh, clarify something? These guidelines say stay home if you're sick. Yesterday, the vice president said no one should worry about losing a paycheck if they stay home when they're sick. But the House bill exempts companies of 500 employees or more from the paid sick leave yeah. requirement, and that's 54% of the American workplace. Why is it a good idea to only require small businesses to provide paid Well, we're looking at that, and we may be expanding that. We are looking at that. We want fairness. We want it for everybody. No, we're looking at that through the Senate, because, as you know, the Senate is now digesting that bill. So we may very well be adding something on that. Good question. Listening to an update from the White House, President Trump at the podium of the Coronavirus Task Force update for today. I could get back to you with that number. We've ordered a lot. Uh, we have quite a few, but it may not be enough. And if it's not enough, we will have it by the time we need it. Hopefully, we won't need them. And you'll give us the exact number. Yeah, we'll be able so to give you. They have not given us an exact. We'll number. give you. We can give you a number if it's important. We'll give you a number. Go ahead. And yesterday, you said that this was under tremendous control. Do you want to revisit that statement if we are going to be experiencing this until July or August, five more months? Ahead of yeah, when, I, when I'm talking about control, I'm saying we are doing a very good job within the confines of what we're dealing with. We're doing a very good job. There's been a uh, there's been a tremendous uh, amount of the 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 way they're working together. They're working hand in hand. I think they're doing really a great job. And from that standpoint, uh, that's what I was referring but to. Yes, not, Steve, go ahead. you're not saying it's under control, right? I'm not referring to it, meaning the. Yeah, if you're talking about the virus, no, that's not under control for any place in the world. I think I read, I think I read, no, I didn't. I was talking about what we're doing is under control, but I'm not talking about the virus. Yes, please. Stock market took another hit today. Is the U.S. economy heading into a recession? Well, it may be. We're not thinking in terms of recession. We're thinking in terms of the virus. Once we stop, I think there's a tremendous pent-up demand, both in terms of the stock market and in terms of the economy. And once this goes away, once it uh, goes through and we're done with it, I think you're going to see a tremendous, a tremendous surge. Are you looking at any domestic travel restrictions? I know that's been on the table before, but is that turning up at all? We're not really. We hope we don't have to, Steve. We, we think that uh, hopefully we won't have to do that. But it's certainly something that we talk about every day. We haven't made that decision. Doctors and nurses in this country are telling us across the board that they're terrified of this virus, of the fact that they might get it, of the fact that they might take it home to their families. What can you say to assure health care providers in this country that the federal government is doing something today to ensure that they get personal protective equipment to protect themselves and their families? Well, I think the federal government is doing everything that we can possibly do. We made some very good early decisions by keeping people out, by keeping uh, 
countries out, certain countries where the infection was very immense. Uh, I notice a lot of people are talking about South Korea because they've done a good job on one side, but on the other side, uh, tremendous problems at the beginning. They had tremendous problems and great numbers of death. Uh, I think that we've done a, a fantastic job from just about every standpoint. With that being said, you look, no matter where you look, this is something. It's an invisible enemy. And, uh, but we are speaking all the time, not only with the people, but also the professional people, the nurses, the doctors. They have been doing a fantastic job. We are also working very much on getting them the kind of equipment that they need. And for the most part, they're either, they either have it or they will be getting it. But remember this. Uh, we want the governors, we want the mayors, we want them locally from a local standpoint because it can go quicker. We want them to work. And we, w we had a great talk with the governors today. I think it was a really great talk. There's a tremendous coordination. There's a tremendous spirit that we have together with the governors. And that's pretty much, for the most part, bipartisan. Yeah. Mr. President, um, you just you told John um, that you think this could wash through, as you said, July, August. You just told Steve when he asked you about a possibility of recession. You said it may be. I'm curious if there is a recession. When do you think that might be? Well, I don't, I don't uh, number one, determine recession. I just say this. We have an invisible enemy. We have a problem that a month ago nobody ever thought about. Nobody in the, you know, I've read about it. I read about uh, many years ago, 1917, 1918. I've seen all of the different, uh, the different problems similar to this that we've had. This is a bad one. This is a very bad one. This is bad in the sense that um, it's so contagious. It's just so contagious. Uh, sort of uh, record-setting type contagion. Uh, and uh, the good part is the young people are, they do very well, and healthy people do very well. Very, very bad for older people, especially older people with problems. Uh, my focus is really on getting rid of this problem, this virus problem. Once we do that, Everything else is going to fall into place. Yes, please. President, a lot of rumors last night that you were going to put in a national curfew yeah. or some kind of, you know, text. I've been stuff. reading. I've, I've been watching. Right. Exactly. Me too. Your people were saying this is a foreign disinformation campaign. Is that what's going on? Are people messing with us on the Internet? Well, I don't know. I mean, that I can't tell you if they are or not. And, uh, I think a lot of the media ha actually has been very fair. I think people are pulling together on this. I really think the media has been very fair. I think it could be that you have some uh, foreign groups that are playing games, but it doesn't matter. We, we haven't really uh, determined to do that at all, and hopefully we won't have to. That's a very big step. It's a step we can take. But we have not decided to do it, Jennifer. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, two things: on, one on airlines and one yes. on Jeff Bezos. Can you talk a little bit specifically about what you'd like to do to help the airlines, first of all? And then, second of all, we heard that Jeff Bezos has been in contact with the White House daily. Can you say what he's been asking for or proposing? Well, I've heard that's true. I don't know that for a fact, but I know that some of my people have, uh, as I understand it, been dealing with them or with him, and that's nice. We ha we've had tremendous support from a lot of people that uh, can help, and I believe he was one of them. As far as the airlines are concerned, the airlines, we're going to uh, back the airlines 100 percent. It's not their fault. Uh, it's nobody's fault, unless you go to the original source, but it's nobody's fault. 
And uh, we're going to be in a, a position to help the airlines very much. We've told the airlines we're going to help them. They want $25 million. Well, we're going to be helping. We're going to be backstopping the airlines. We're going to be helping them very much. It's very important. What do you do about the stock market, sir? $25 billion for the passenger carriers and $4 billion for cargo. We're going to be looking at it very strongly. We have to back the airlines. It's not their fault. Uh, in fact, they were having a record season. Everybody was. They were having record seasons, and then this came out. And it came out from nowhere. So not their fault, but we're going to be back in the airline. Yeah. Stocks continue to fall today. Would the White House support negative rates? Best thing I can do for the stock market is we have to get through this crisis. That's what I can do. That's the best thing we can do. That's what I think about. Uh, once, uh, once this virus is gone, uh, I think you're going to have a stock market like nobody's ever seen before. He'll be back in a second. He'll be back in a second. I think the question that I think maybe John asked about until July, the guidelines are a 15-day trial guideline to be reconsidering. It isn't that these guidelines are now going to be in effect until July. What the president was saying is that the trajectory of the outbreak may go till then. Make sure we don't think that these are is solid in stone till July. Yeah. But that would be the outside number. Mr. Yeah. President, Mr. President, Senate Republicans, do you want Senate Republicans to change the package that passed the House last week? Even though you I think they may make it even it? better. Look, they're working together very well with the House. They're working very much in unison, like the question before. Uh, they're working uh, to uh, it only enhance it and make it better and make it fair for everybody. And that's what we're looking to do. So we may go back and forth with the House a little bit, but both will be in a very positive fashion. Please. Yeah, Mr. President, um, these new guidelines say avoid social gatherings and groups of more than 10 people. The CDC's recommendations yesterday were for uh, people to avoid gatherings um, of more than 50 people. What's evolved in you and your team's thinking in just the past 24 hours? Um, and also, what exactly do you need to see in a stimulus? Well, let so. me just have the professionals answer that. Uh, would you like to do that? Great. Thank you, and thank you for that question. So we have been working on models um, day and night around the globe to really predict, um, because some countries in our very early stage, like the United States, we've been working with groups in the United Kingdom. So we had new information coming out from a model. And the, what had the biggest impact in the model is social distancing, small groups, not going in public in large groups, the most important thing was if one person in the household became infected, the whole household self-quarantined for 14 days, because that stops 100% of the transmission outside of the household. And as we talked about early on, it's silent. We had another silent epidemic, HIV. And I just want to recognize the HIV epidemic was solved by the community, the HIV advocates and activists who stood up when no one was listening and got everyone's attention. We're asking that same sense of community to come together and stand up against this virus. And if they, everybody in America does what we ask for over the next 15 days, we will see a dramatic difference and we won't have to worry about the ventilators and we won't have to worry about the ICU beds because we won't have our elderly and our people at the greatest risk having to be hospitalized. Hello, Dr. Burks, may I ask you to comment on the audience? Go ahead. Yes, Thank you, Mr. President. Um, very productive call today uh, with governors. We talked about uh, 
the new rollout of testing that we described yesterday and drive-through and community-based testing. And I know how grateful the president is for the the efforts that uh, governors are making. And now uh, with the admiral and and the, uh, the United States uh, Public Health Service as well as FEMA. We made great progress today in coordinating those efforts. But the other issue that was raised with the president today was personal protective equipment. And the reason I mentioned testing is because one of the recommendations that we have for states is that these remote testing sites make a priority of two groups. One would be people over the age of 65 that have symptoms. We don't want them to go to hospitals or emergency rooms. We want them to go to a remote site in a parking lot or at a isolated community location. But the other category is our healthcare workers. We want to make sure that our healthcare workers have the opportunity to be tested and using that new high throughput test that the president arranged with our major commercial labs, uh, we'll be able to do that much more expeditiously. So we're putting a real priority on our extraordinary healthcare workers that are that are at this very hour coming alongside people that are struggling with the coronavirus and people that are concerned that they may have been exposed. The other piece is uh, we're grateful uh, that the legislation passed uh, by the House of Representatives uh, includes liability protection for N95 masks produced by companies like 3M in Minnesota, by Honeywell. Uh, literally tens of millions of masks are produced every year for industrial purposes, for construction. But the health experts say they can be used just as readily to protect healthcare workers from respiratory ailments. Uh, 3M and other companies were not able to sell those to hospitals, but the president negotiated with the Democratic leadership of the House and Senate. We've added a provision to the bill that will literally, from one company alone, add another 30 million masks per month back to the marketplace. We're strengthening the supply chain, uh, and healthcare workers around America can be absolutely certain that the president and our entire team are going to continue to put the health of America first and put first our health care workers across this country that are meeting the needs of the people of our country. Mr. Vice President, how many test kits have been sent out and how many people can actually be tested? I think the admiral can answer that. And you might want to talk about the roving also. So um, thank you very much for that. Uh, as we talked about yesterday, we're re really entering a new phase of testing. Um, at first, we were at the initial phase where the CDC-developed test was only available in public health laboratories in the CDC. Works very well for a few thousand tests per day after it gets running. We're now moving into a phase that the big commercial laboratories with high-throughput screening have availability. So um, as we talked about last week, because of the historic efforts of the FDA, a Roche test and, as the President predicted, a Thermo Fisher test were both produced last week under an emergency use authorization. 1.9 million of those tests will be sequentially into the ecosystem this week. From the information we have right now, 1 million tests are available with all the reagents, everything ready to go primarily at the reference labs called Quest, LabCorp, and a couple others. Now, it doesn't matter if they're not in your neighborhood, because every day when people get tests, a little white box goes out in front, it gets shipped uh, by an incredible distribution system, the test result, and it's electronically reported. So these are available to people nationwide. We expect more and more than one million coming on board this week as the reagents come up and as people 
uh, with the testing capacity, validate that in their own hospitals and other, and other places. And in the future, we expect at least 2 million next week and at least 5 million the week thereafter. There are also a whole uh, growth of what's called laboratory uh, d determined testing or laboratory derived testing where uh, individual laboratories, because of the regulatory deregulation of the FDA, can develop their own tests and start using them. So if you're a CLIA certified lab with complexity, you can do that. So the point is testing is now entering sort of what we normally do in the healthcare system where big labs in a high-throughput basis receive these through normal channels. So that part of it is, is really underway. But do you know how many Americans have actually been tested? Do you have a number? Uh, there is a number. I don't have that number because I've been working on setting up this distribution system. So this is where we are. The state and public health laboratories in the CDC are published every day on the CDC website. The CDC gets feeds from lab uh, from LabCorp and Quest, and they get that on a daily basis. What is not being received right now, and Ambassador Burks is fixing, is that these uh, homegrown tests in highly complex labs don't necessarily get reported in the system. However, as we move forward, particularly in the high in the, the commercial phase of where we are right now, we expect about 80 to 85 percent of the tests to flow right into the CDC. We know them. That's not good enough for Ambassador Burke. She wants 100, and we'll work on that. Sir, are you so, sorry, I think just to put it a different way, a lot of, a lot of testing has been going on, and uh, I don't believe anybody's been able to do what we're doing and what we will be doing. And let me just say that um, we talked about the drive-through testing yesterday. I want it to be clear to everybody, this is just another tool for states and local public health systems and healthcare systems to use. It's not replacing testing that it goes on in a doctor's office or in a hospital, or if you go to your doctor and wants to get tested in that office. This is just another tool that we're helping the states to have. Um, and again, as we talked about, uh, this is uh, modeled on the uh, FEMA-based points of distribution system, optimized for testing. Um, we expect uh, this week uh, we now have uh, gear, people, being shipped right now today that will be in over 12 states uh, with multiple sites, many of, many of states having multiple sites, to start augmenting the local capacity and really providing the state and the local people what they need as another way for people to get tested. So, so this has never been done before. That's never been done, and certainly not on a level like that. And, and I will say that um, I think I can speak for the professionals that uh, if you don't have the symptoms, if your doctor doesn't think you need it, don't get the test. Don't get the test. I think it's very important. Not everybody should run out and get the test. That's right. But we're able to handle uh, tremendous numbers of people. Uh, John? Mr. President, earlier today, uh, Governor Cuomo of New York said that uh, he believes that hospital capacity soon will be overwhelmed and implored you to call on the Army Corps of Engineers to build temporary facilities to house patients. Is that something we're looking into said? it? We've heard that. We've heard it from uh, really two places. There are two places that have uh, specifically New York being one, uh, and we are looking into it very strongly. Yeah. Steve, go ahead. Sir, how have you changed your own behavior to take account of this virus? Have you, are you washing your hands more? Oh, I've always doing? washed my hands a lot. I wash my hands a lot, probably, uh, maybe, if anything, more. Certainly not less. What was it like uh, it's not not uh, something I want to do every day. I can tell you that it's uh, you know it's a little bit of a 
it's a little bit of, it, of good doctors in the White House, but it's a test. It's a test. It's a medical test. Nothing pleasant about it. You said that in a tweet that Governor Cuomo should be doing more. What's I think he can do more. What specific? But I think I think he can do more. And you know, it's an area of the country that's very hot right now. I think New Rochelle and place I know very well. I grew up right near New Rochelle. Uh, I think it's a it's a very no, I think it's a, an area that has to be tamped down even more because it's a hotbed. There's no question about it. So I think they can look at doing it. But we're getting along very well. We've had a very uh, in fact, I noticed you made some statements uh, just now that uh, the relationship with the federal government has been good. The federal government has done everything they've wanted us to do. Uh, but we can uh, uh, I think I think it's very important that all of the governors get along very well with us and that we get along with the governors. And I think that's happening. The defense secretary and the assistant defense secretary have decided to separate and be in a bubble to avoid the spread of the disease and to protect the chain of command. Is that something you and the vice president should be doing? And has there been any talk about having to have a 25th Amendment? Well, we haven't thought place? of it, but, you know, I will say this, that... Uh, uh, it's uh, we're very careful. We're very careful with, with you know being together. Even the people behind me are, are very. They've been very strongly tested. I've been very strongly tested, and we have to be very careful. But everybody should be v vigilant. We have to be vigilant. Yeah, please. Thank you, Mr. President. Two, two simple questions for you, Mr. President. Go ahead, please. Two, two simple questions for you, Mr. President. Hold it. Hold it. Before you. Okay. I don't know if this is a question for you or for Dr. Burke, but Dr. Burke said that it is the millennials who are going to lead us through this and that now is the time to look out for the older people in our home. Older might be a state of mind, not necessarily an age. So for those millennials of us who have parents who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, what is older? What should we tell them at this point? Well, if I was Dr. Fauci, I would tell you there's a physiologic age and a numerical age. Um, so older people with pre-existing conditions. Um, and what do we mean by that? You know, significant heart disease, significant kidney disease, significant lung disease, any immunosuppression, any recent treatment for cancer, any of those pieces in any household. Now, why do I think the millennials are the key? Because they're the ones that are out and about. And they're the most likely to be in social gatherings. And they're the most likely to be the least symptomatic. And I think we've always heard about the greatest generation. We're protecting the greatest generation right now and the children of the greatest generation. And I think the millennials can help us tremendously by having a, plus they need to communicate with each other. Public health people like myself don't always come out with compelling and exciting messages that a 25 to 35-year-old may find interesting and something they will take to heart. But millennials can speak to one another about how important it is in this moment to protect all of the people. Now, you could be 40 and have a significant medical condition and be of substantial risk. You could be 30 and having come through Hodgkin's disease or non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and be of a significant risk. So there are risk groups in every age group. But the age, there's more millennials now than any other cohort 
and they can help us at this moment. Mr. President, thank you very much. Thank, thank you very much, Mr. President. You already talked. Mr. President, the other day you said that you were not responsible for the testing shortfall. Very simple question. Does the buck stop with you? And on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your response to this crisis? I'd rate it a 10. I think we've done a great job. And it started with the fact that we kept a very highly infected country, despite all of the, even the professionals, uh, saying, no, it's too early to do that. We were very, very early with respect to China. And we would have a whole different situation in this country if we didn't do that. I would rate it a, a very, very, I would rate ourselves and, and the professionals. I think the professionals have done a fantastic job. As far as the testing, you heard the admiral. I think the the testing that we've done, we, we really took over an obsolete system or uh, put it maybe in a different way, a system that wasn't meant to do anything like this. We took it over and we're doing something that's never been done in this country. And I think that uh, we are doing very well. We took the system, we worked with the system we had, and uh, we broke down the system purposely. We broke it down in order to do what we're doing now. And within a short period of time, and even now, we're testing tremendous numbers of people. And ultimately, you're saying it will be what? It will be up to how many people will we be, be able to test? We, cer we certainly expect, with the high-throughput testing, that that's no longer a barrier. Um, the barrier is actually doing the test on a person. And I'm sure, as the president will, would inform you, in order to do the test, a healthcare provider needs to dress in full personal protective equipment, uh, full personal protective equipment. And there's a swab that's put in the back of the nose all the way to the back of the throat. It's called a nasopharyngeal swab, which is then put in media. The next person who has to get tested, that healthcare provider has to change all the personal protective equipment. When you put that in, it's highly likely a person coughs or sneezes, so you're at risk. So that's what we're trying to fix now by the mobile platforms, by all the things we're doing, is to enable sort of high throughput of this swabbing. And we're doing some technological things, too, that might be breakthroughs to make it much, much faster. But we certainly expect that from thousands of people per day, we will, we will be at the tens of thousands of people per day uh, this week, according to those who are... You're listening to KFI and KOST HD2 Los Angeles, today's White House Coronavirus Task Force update. Before in this country, if you look uh, back, you know, take a look at some of the things that took place in uh, 09 or 11 or whatever it may have been, uh, they never did. Nobody's ever done anything like what we're doing. Now, I, I will also say, uh, Admiral, I think we can say that we're also getting this ready for the future so that when we have a future problem, if and when, and hopefully we don't have anything like this, but if there is, we're going to be very, uh, we're going to be starting off from a much higher plateau because we were at a very, very low base. We had a, uh, a system that was not meant for this. It was a, a smaller system. It was uh, meant for a much different purpose. And for that purpose, it was fine, but not for this purpose. So we broke down the system and now we have something that's going to be and, and is very special and is ready for future problems. I think we can say that very strongly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. How close are you to shutting down America's northern border with Canada? And could you also uh, speak to the fact about the elections that are supposed to be taking place tomorrow? Is it your advice that those states postpone those elections? Well, I'd leave that up to the states. It's a big thing, postponing an election. I think, to me, that uh, really uh, goes to the heart of what we're all about. I think postponing an election is a very tough thing. I know they're doing, because they've been in touch with us, they're doing it very carefully. 
Uh, they're spreading people out very at great distances, as you can see. Uh, and uh, I think they'll do it very safely. I hope they do it very safely. But I think postponing elections is a very uh, it's not a very good thing. They have lots of room in a lot of the electoral places. And I think that uh, they will do it very well. But I think postponing is unnecessary. And on the northern border, sir, how uh, close are you to We think about it. We think about it. If we don't have to do it, that'll be good. We have very strong emergency powers when it comes to something like this, both on the southern and the northern borders. And we, uh, we are talking about different things, but we'll see. Right now, we have not decided to do that. Steve? Dr. Fauci to talk about the vaccine trial today and, and whether the timetable for vaccine has, is it possible to accelerate or is it still 12 to 18 months? So, thank you for that question. The vaccine candidate that was given the first injections for the first person took place today. You might recall when we first started, I said it would be two to three months. And if we did that, that would be the fastest we've ever gone from obtaining the sequence to being able to do a phase one trial. This has been now 65 days, which I believe is the record. Uh, what it is, it's a trial of 45 normal individuals between the ages of 18 and 55. The trial is taking place in Seattle. There will be two uh, injections, one at zero day, first one, then 28 days. There will be three separate doses, 25 milligrams, 100 milligrams, 250 milligrams, and the individuals will be followed for one year, both for safety and whether it induces the kind of response that we predict would be protective. And that's exactly what I've been telling this group over and over again. So it's happened. The first injection was today. Sir, the market just closed down 3,000, almost 13 percent. Your response to the market closed, sir? Is there, thank you. Dr. Fauci, is there guidance for someone who may have felt sick but then feels better, so you had symptoms but no, you no longer do, your fever's gone away, how long would you stay home after that point? That's not clear from the guidance. Well, if you, are, if you are positive for the infection, if you have coronavirus, it is less how you feel than whether or not you're still shedding virus. So the general issue about letting people out of a facility, who, for example, a hospital or whatever, who have been infected, you need two negative cultures, the same way that was just described, 24 hours apart. Yeah, no, the, market, the market will take care of itself. The market will be uh, very strong as soon as we get rid of the uh, virus. Yes. Pregnant women, is that an underlying? Because the UK said today that pregnancy was one of those underlying conditions. Do we say that too? There's very little data in pregnant women. I think I, about a week ago I said the reports that came in from China, um, from the Chinese CDC, of the nine women who were documented to be pregnant and have coronavirus in their last tri-semester um, delivered healthy children and they themselves were healthy and recovered. That is our total sample size, and we will be getting more data from countries. While countries are in the midst of this crisis, like Italy, it's, I, I try not to bother them frequently to get us their data. We try to get it just weekly from the countries that are in the midst of responding to the epidemic so that their focus is on um, their individuals in their country. Mr. President, any comment on what people like Devin Nunes, the governor of Oklahoma, have been saying, encouraging people to go out to restaurants, which goes directly against what this advice in your guidelines says? No, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that from Devin or anybody else. Should they stop saying that? 
Well, I have to see what they said. But they uh, people to go to restaurants if they felt okay well, with their I, families. I would disagree with it, but uh, right now we don't have an order one way or the other. We don't have an order, but I think it's probably better that you don't, especially in certain areas. Oklahoma doesn't have a tremendous problem. Oklahoma, you said the governor of uh, the governor, governor of Oklahoma. Oklahoma Devin Nunes is Yeah, well, I hadn't heard that. Oh, it's adverse to what the professionals are saying. That's you know. and what you're saying in your guidelines yeah. that people should. No, be it's adverse. But I'll take a look at it. Um, I don't know who would be best to answer this question. Maybe uh, Secretary Hayes or, or or Dr. Fauci. Um, schools, school districts across the country are closing down. Yet, for the most part, daycare centers remain open and considering that children can sometimes be asymptomatic carriers and, yeah. and go home to older individuals. Are there any recommendations about daycare settings? I'd, I'd prefer if one of our medical oh, professionals discuss that. That's a clinical no. recommendation. Well, That's a good question, John. In, in, in the original guidelines as they were, they, were, they were presented, it was schools, not daycare. I think it's very important. We should probably, if we have not discussed that, go back and discuss that in some detail about whether or not that's equivalent to school. It's a good question. A question about the sort of underlying public health strategy behind some of these guidelines. Telling people to avoid restaurants and bars is a different thing than saying that bars and restaurants should shut down over the next 15 days. So why was it seen as being imprudent or not necessary to take that additional step off of that additional guidance? Well, I think we have to say the data that has been coming out, and I'm sure you're all up to the data, up to date on how long the virus lives on hard surfaces. And that has been our concern over the last two weeks. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I just wanted to read. There's, a, there's, a, there's an answer to this. Oh, yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. He was my mentor, so I'm going to have to let him speak. The small print here, it's really small print. In states with evidence of community transmission, bars, restaurants, food courts, gyms, and other indoor and outdoor venues where groups of people congregate, should be closed. So, Mr. President, are you telling, Mr. President, Mr. President, are, are you telling, are you telling governors in those states then to close all their restaurants? Well, and their we bars? haven't said that yet. Why we're not? recommending, but, but we're recommending things. No, we haven't gone to that step yet. That could happen, but we haven't gone there yet. Please. So, on the election, you're saying it's a bad thing to postpone it, but if you got the ten-person maximum, uh, you know, guideline, uh, in a practical sense, can you have rallies? Can you? Primaries surely gather more than ten. Well, people. hopefully this Talk will pass through, and hopefully that we'll have uh, everybody will be going to restaurants and flying and being on cruise ships and all of these different things that we do, uh, and uh, it will uh, very, very hopefully be in a fairly quick period of time. But we're we're taking a tough stance. Uh, we may make certain other decisions. We may enhance those decisions. We're going to find out, as per the question that you were asking. Uh, some of those decisions may be had. So how about one more? On the cyber attack on HHS, yeah. is there any reason to believe that they were trying to hack into the system and gather information from the system? And also, is there any reason, so were they trying to hack to get information? Or also, do you have any reason to think that it could have been Iran, Russia? Do you have any, any reason to believe it was a foreign actor? So in the previous 24 hours, we saw a great deal of enhanced activity with relation to the HHS, uh, HHS computer systems and website. Fortunately, we have extremely strong barriers. We had no penetration into our networks. We had no degradation of the functioning of our networks. We had no limitation of our capacity for people to telework. 
Um, we've taken very strong defensive actions. Uh, the source of this enhanced activity remains under investigation, so I wouldn't want to speculate on the source of it. But there was no data breach or no degradation in terms of our ability to function and serve our important mission here. Thank you. Mr. Vice Mr. President, President what are you looking yet? for in another yes, stimulus package, sir? Could you speak to that? One thing Mike just said, uh, it's very important to get out that this is for the next what we're talking about. Much of what we're talking about is for the next 15 days. Mike, go ahead. Mr. Vice President, have you been tested? I've not been tested yet. Uh, I'm in regular consultation with the White House physician, and he said I've not been exposed to anyone uh, for any period of time that had the coronavirus and that my wife and I have no symptoms. But uh, we're checking our temperature regularly uh, every day, and we'll continue to follow guidance, which I think may be um, a, good, a good place to land at the end of the day, and that is as we expand testing rapidly around the country through the new public-private partnership that the president facilitated, uh, we want the test to be available for people who have symptoms, uh, people that who have symptoms and are in vulnerable populations, and our health care workers to make sure that they can have the peace of mind that they're doing their jobs and they're properly protected. And so our, our best counsel, the counsel of the experts, is uh, if you have a question, call your doctor, call your health care provider, ask whether or not you should be tested, and that's what my family is doing as well. Let me just emphasize one more point, if I can. The president uh, asked the task force to continuously review the data and the information that we have, not only in this country, uh, but from around the world, to give the best guidance to state leadership and local health care leadership and all of the American people about how to keep themselves, their family, and their community safe. This guidance for the next 15 days is what our experts say is the best opportunity we have to lower the infection rate over the entire course of the coronavirus, just as the president did by suspending travel from China, just as he did with travel advisories and screening from Italy and South Korea, and just as uh, we've done with Europe, and, and at midnight tonight with the U.K. and Ireland, we'll continue to take very decisive steps to lower the, the spread of the coronavirus. But we want every American to know, and we would ask all of, all of you in the media uh, to s spread the word of the American people that, that this is advice on behalf of the President of the United States to every American, what you can do over the next 15 days to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. And we're calling on every American to do your part, because together uh, we'll get through this and we'll find our way forward. What was the upshot of that? Was, are you uh, still going to be able to meet at Camp David? I think well, it looks like it. And are you confident in their responses, as you are with I'm very confident in their in a position that uh, some of them are in a rough position, if you look at a couple of them, uh, and uh, some are heading toward pretty rough territory. Uh, we had a very good uh, conference. It was a teleconference. Uh, everybody was on the phone, every leader. And uh, almost 100 percent was devoted to the subject that we're talking about today. And uh, they are working very hard. And, they, you know, they're very concerned, obviously, but they're working very hard. But I would say just about all of it was, Steve, all of it was devoted to what we're talking about. Hold that summit at Camp David? I think so. I mean, uh, so far it seems we haven't, we didn't even discuss that. It's still a ways off. But uh, 
it was a very good discussion, and they have uh, there's a great camaraderie, there's a great togetherness. I think it was, I think I can say that uh, very very strongly. Thank you all very much. All right, Thank there you. you go. Thank you very much. Wrapping up today's news conference from the White House on the uh, coronavirus task force. A couple of things uh, worth pointing out: the president, right off the bat, suggested that we all across the United States. Uh, keep our gatherings to 10 people or less, and that we do so for the next 15 days. Uh, And that was an important thing. They even had a couple of big uh, poster boards behind all of the speakers there in the White House news conference room, 15 days to slow the spread. And they were talking about the importance of these actions currently, the ones we're talking about, uh, the, the social distancing, the closing of certain businesses, those types of things to make sure that we get a handle on this over the next 15 days reassess, see how things are going, see the number of tests increase into the millions, according to the uh, the admiral who was there, so that we can get through this. One of the big points was when somebody asked the president, how long is this going to last? Now, everyone who is anyone with knowledge of this says, we don't know. Yeah. But the president put a timestamp on it a little bit, saying maybe it's July, maybe it's August. And when he did that, the stock market <laughs> dropped. I mean, it was already way in the red, but it went down to about 13% down is where it closed which is uh, no bueno. That was not a good prediction, I don't think, to to say. Well, he did walk it back a little bit and said that these, what we're talking about in terms of the guidelines from the federal government today that Dr. Anthony Fauci was referring to, that he was talking about, they're talking about these 15 days. And these next 15 days are going to be important in terms of figuring out what the next 15 days right. looks like and the 15 days after that and after that. We'll reassess. We'll reassess. And that that's the important thing to remember. Again, about the testing, uh, the admiral said that there were a, a million tests available today that by next week they expect to have, I think he said this language, they expect to have performed 2 million tests and that by the week after that, they're talking about 5 million tests. Um, the... Here's an, here, another thing. Keep in mind, they talked about generations. Dr. Burks got up there and said that the millennials are really the ones that are going to help power us through this. Uh, whatever. Just because I, they're I the biggest so. block. Yeah. That's the biggest demo. And, and if the biggest and, demo follows suit, then we're going to do better than if they say, you know what, screw this. And they, she was talking about specifically, they know how to keep in contact. They know how to use the internet. They grew up with it. This is like an arm to them. This is part of who they are. So I get that. The other important thing to remember, your dad, my dad, our grandparents, people have been called upon to do incredible things under very, very dire circumstances. This is still... Running water, grocery stores are open, the roads are okay, people are generally healthy. We're not dealing with massive, you know, uh, uh, shortages, shortages of anything. Anything. Right. Um, This was big news that came out in the past hour. Officials up in the Bay Area say six counties are near lockdown now. That they there is a shelter in place mandate that's affecting seven million people, including the city of San Francisco. So uh, all of those counties, those nine counties in the Bay Area, uh, Alameda County, of course, across the Bay, and a friend of ours, Seth Bertolucci. Seth, the uh, the son of our boss, is up there in Oakland. Hey, man, how's it going? 
Hi, how's it going, Gary and Shannon? Hey. Pretty, pretty well. Uh, how did you find out about uh, this this new virtual lockdown, the shelter-in-place order that's been imposed upon you? Uh, well, this morning I was taking a nap, and then my girlfriend woke me up and let me know that all six counties um, in the Bay Area were shut down. So that's how I um, had heard about it. But we've been in quarantine here for probably the past couple days already, so it's almost like nothing new to us. How long do you think the relationship's going to last with the quarantine uh, going on? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. She's getting pretty sick of me already. So <laughs> I would say 24 to 48 hours. Do you guys agree on the same shows to watch? Uh, that's the only good point is that is that we do. We've been moving through um, some HBO stuff and then we're getting into movies. So, uh, Well, let me remind we, you we that, feel, <laughs> that the gas quarantine theater show for tonight is going to be Miracle from 2004 starring Kurt Russell about the American hockey team led by head coach Herb Brooks at eight o'clock. You can watch oh, wow. it with us. I mean, wow. you got to okay. do it All right. from there, but but you can do it with us on Netflix, Disney Plus, or any one of the other places that you find your favorite movies. So I know okay. this is you relatively uh, new, but what has been the reaction among your friends or whatever to this shelter in place? Does it feel different? Does it feel more serious than the, the quarantine? I think it definitely does. I mean, because everyone who I've been in contact with up here has been, you know, mostly self-quarantining and social distancing, but it adds a lens of seriousness to it. Um, so, you know, now the fact that it's actually imposed um, really, you know, changes the game. I think people are scared up here as they would be anywhere else. It's it's a really, it's a wild situation. Are you guys supplied? I mean, you guys are, you don't have to hit the grocery store or anything? Um, no, I think yesterday uh, they all went to Costco, um, her roommates, and then we also did some grocery shopping. So we are stocked up, but they probably have, you know, two to three weeks of supplies. So at that point, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see when those things start to run out, how people how people cope with that. All right. Well, Seth, stay healthy up there and uh, good luck. Uh, I hope that uh, things go well for the relationship after you're together for <laughs> two weeks alone. <laughs> Great. I know. Well, thank you, guys. And, uh, yeah, you guys stay healthy as well. Thank uh, you. We will. Thanks, Seth. Amazon says that it needs to hire 100,000 people across the country to keep up with a crush of orders. Listen, the, we heard also in that first news conference today with the mayor talking about distribution centers and grocery stores being full and ready uh ralph's is hiring i mean there's there there are opportunities if you are one of those people who has been laid off or you're afraid that you're going to be laid off from your restaurant job your bar job whatever there are still opportunities for you to get out there and make some money and amazon says it's going to raise pay by two dollars an hour through the end of april for hourly employees who work at the warehouses the delivery centers and whole foods grocery stores so yeah there are opportunities there uh, we do have an update. Um, this is from me. Who, whose room am I hearing? Yeah, what am I listening? Is that from me? Hmm. Anyway, uh, the that was probably from me. Oh. That was. L.A. County Department of Public Health gave its update as well. So Dr. Barbara Ferrer here with the latest from L.A. County Public Health. As usual, I want to give you our, our daily update. Uh, today we're reporting 25 new cases. Five of those cases have an unidentified source of exposure, and we therefore assume that those are cases of community exposure and transmission. Uh, One case was exposed during recent travel in an outbreak uh, area. One case had close contact with a confirmed case, 
and 17 of these cases are still under investigation. Uh, one of our new cases today was announced uh, by the Pasadena Health Department yesterday afternoon. Of, of the new 25 cases we're announcing today, two people uh, are currently hospitalized. So the total number of cases in L.A. County is now 94, uh, with f 41 new cases in the last 48 hours. Um, as a reminder, uh, 15 of these cases are likely due to community transmission, and we always uh, make sure that all confirmed cases are isolated and that their very close contacts are quarantined. Uh, we are now going to be releasing uh, the numbers of cases uh, in every L.A. County city uh, that has a population of over 25,000 people, uh, and that will be available in our press release. There are many cities uh, that have one or two cases. Uh, L.A. City obviously has the most cases, but we will be trying to go to some smaller geographic regions uh, so that people will be able to see more closely how much community spread there is. The one thing I just want to clarify is uh, COVID-19 knows no boundaries and no limits in terms of spread. And just because you don't see a case in your community on the list today doesn't mean, number one, that you're not going to see a case there tomorrow. And more importantly, doesn't mean that there aren't people in your community who in fact may be, may be infected with COVID-19 and just haven't been diagnosed. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this because I think it's really important uh, that residents must assume at this point that there may be people infected everywhere in the county. And some of those people don't know that they're infected and some of those people may be able to infect others if we are not diligent about meeting our obligations for each one of us to practice social distancing. Uh, I want to also uh, note that uh, and, and deeply appreciate um, all of the steps that have been taken by our leaders. I, I want to acknowledge, you know, first of all, our supervisors uh, for their attention to protecting those who, have, who are most going to struggle uh, with the implementation of social distancing requirements. And I want to also acknowledge the leadership of Mayor Garcetti and our Governor, Governor Newsom, and in fact the CDC, that all within the last 24 hours have issued uh, new steps uh, for us to take in order to really be diligent about social distancing. Uh, and I, too, know that these steps are disrupting many, many people's lives. Uh, and I'm really uh, hopeful that with uh, Congress uh, coming up with a package that will actually provide some federal relief, and obviously our state and our county are looking towards uh, really trying to help those uh, without resources be able to withstand the impact of all of the social distancing measures. Um, we're in a new stage of the response, and everybody needs to help us. Uh, everyone must take precautions in everything you do, and you must assume that you need to take these precautions everywhere you go. If something is not an essential activity, I urge you to please not do it. Uh, in the absence of vaccines, social distancing is the best tool that we have, and that means that everyone has to help us avoid all non-essential activities. And for those of you that are performing essential activities, our healthcare workers, our first responders, our safety responders, 
our government employees who are providing essential services, and our community-based organizations that are in the front lines doing essential care for those most vulnerable. I want to thank you for your service, and I want to acknowledge that on our website, there's special guidance for all of you about the steps you can take to make sure you have the most protections as you go about your job of caring for all of us. Um, even if you're not part of a high-risk community, and remember, the high-risk community for us are our elderly, our people with underlying serious underlying health conditions, and pregnant women. Even if you're not in this group, you can affect, uh, infect a person who is high-risk. And that's why we ask you to think and act for your own health and for the health of our entire community. There's more information on our website so that you'll, if you're, if you're not clear about social distancing, we got, we've got a nice uh, sort of frequently asked questions and a nice way for you to really understand what this means and how you can be part of our movement to protect all of LA County. Um, knowing how important the social distancing measures are, our county health officer, Dr. Davis, will be issuing a health order, health officer order shortly that will prohibit uh, all indoor and outdoor public and private events and gatherings within a confined space where there are 50 people or more. And if you're having an event or a gathering with less than 50 people, you are asked to adhere to some very strict uh, social distancing requirements that are listed in the order. Uh, we are also supporting uh, through our order uh, all of the closures that Supervisor uh, Barger mentioned. This includes closing bars, wineries, breweries, uh, and uh, not allowing restaurants to have in-dining services. Uh, we're also closing gyms, all entertainment centers, and movie theaters uh, as of today, and that is across the entire county. There will be one standard across the entire county uh, as of today. Uh, but I want to remind folks that um, the information changes, and because of that, the guidance needs to change and be flexible as well. So I urge you to look on the county's website, look on our website, as we update uh, what we all need to do, the measures we all need to take on a daily basis so that we can protect ourselves uh, and those that we love and those most vulnerable in our community. All right, there we go. Again, the update from Dr. Barbara Ferrer and L.A. County Public Health. One of the things that we talked about early today was this is an unusual situation because as as concerned as people are, there are very few reasons to be concerned about groceries and stores. Chris Carlo is going to join us in a few minutes. We'll talk about that when we come back. To Gary and Shannon. When that sun lays down, we'll Gary and Shannon. I mean, you have to do that. You have to do those mental exercises in your head so that everyday life doesn't seem so bad, right? AFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Let's be clear. The president said July or August. He didn't mean that you're going to be stuck in your home until July or August. Right. Okay, Everyone the, the term July or August is trending on Twitter right I knew right that now. was going to be a thing. I knew people were going to seize on that because everyone wants to get an expiration date on this thing. E- even if, even if. Even if you were told that you had to be under lockdown, finger quotes, lockdown or shelter in place, the stores are not going to close. You'll be able to get groceries. Great news is Amazon has a robust delivery system and will bring you whatever you desire in whatever color you desire. Yeah, we're not being told we have to go to war. 
Gosh, and listen, I again, just I go said, home. I said to Nick, I know this is a meme, but this should help put this in perspective. There is a chance that depending on where you work, you may have a very tough couple of weeks in terms of the next job. And that sucks. Sucks giant ones. But you're not being asked to sit on a transport ship in the Pacific and head to Japan or Midway or, or Iwo Jima. The, let's keep it in perspective. This is going to be awkward, uncomfortable, and frustrating for people, but we're not talking about a 15 to 16 million people who were killed in World War One, or 80 million people killed in World War Two. Chris Carlo is one of our reporters that we have out covering how this is hitting us locally. He joins us now. Chris, what do you know? Oh, well, not yet, Gary. Maybe we'll get there um... You're not helping, Chris. I know. Well, uh, let's talk reasonably about what's going on out in the uh, in the wild, as uh, as we say here. So, I spent the the morning at the Costco in Burbank. I wanted to see if people had been impacted by the decisions made by the governor and also by the mayor of Los Angeles here over the last 24 hours to say hey, we're going to close down restaurants except for takeout orders, that sort of thing. We're going to close down basically anywhere where people congregate and uh, encouraging people to stay at home. And my hunch was that that would maybe intensify things at places like Costco. I don't know if it intensified, but certainly there were a lot of people there. As a matter of fact, it wrapped all the way around the entire building. I put a little video on uh, on Twitter showing the length of the line. And I talked to a lot of folks in that line. And the reasons were all valid on an individual level. But when you look at it in mass, you're like, oh, my goodness, all these people, they look absolutely crazy. And I think that's where we're at right now in that People have realized that they don't have certain things, and as individuals, they're making these decisions, and they're going out. It just so happens that there are hundreds and thousands of other people that are making the same decisions based off of their individual needs, and so we end up with these ridiculous situations where you have people lined up for hours. You talk to people who are lined up for three, four hours outside waiting to get in just so they could grab whatever elements they think they are going to need for the next week or two weeks or three weeks. And then just after that, uh, Mayor Garcetti was at a um, at a distribution plant for Ralph's up in the Valley, and he was flanked by several members of uh, chain grocery stores around Southern California, all the names that we know, Albertsons and Vons and Pavilions and all these guys. And uh, they said this, we have a lot of stuff. Stuff's on the way. You people keep buying all the stuff. They ain't anything on the shelves because you people keep buying all this all the stuff on the shelves. You're not going to be able to eat it all, so just chill and everything will get here. And that was really the 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 I guess juxt of it all from Mayor Garcetti was that the supply chain is working, but because of this acute buying, because of just everybody rushing out, everything's gone. And so the people who need stuff right now, they can't get it right now because everybody else is panicking and buying 10 billion gallons of yogurt. It's a weird dichotomy where we have almost a Depression-era attitude towards the scarcity of food, even though we're dealing with a more abundant food store than we've ever seen in the history of civilization. What's also amazing about this is that as the stock market is shedding shares at an alarming rate, or at least price of shares at an alarming rate, and it looks like uh, employment's going to be heavily impacted. And we have a lot of people that are laid off at restaurants and all these other places that are closed down now. 
grocery stores, for example, Ralph's at this news conference, um, they said, we're hiring. We need people. We need more hands. We need more people to put stuff on shelves. We need more people to take stuff out of trucks and take them into grocery stores. So there is there is work. It's just a matter of where you find that work. And I, I think it's important to put out there because I talked to, for example, in line, I talked to a couple of people that were working in the restaurant industry and found out last night that essentially they're laid off for the foreseeable future. And that's part of the reason why they went because they just wanted to get it out of the way so they could just be ready to go to work if they could, when they could. So here's an opportunity for folks. Yeah, that's, I, I, I mean, it's good news, the sliver of good news in a, yeah. uh, in a cloud of uh, uncertainty. So Chris, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course, guys. Chris and Carlo there. We'll check in, of course, with Chris and Corbin and everybody uh, as we go through the next several days and figure out what the hell is going on. Well, it's a time to not panic. It's a it's a time to join together, too. 15 days to slow the spread. Again, the Trump administration urging older people stay at home, telling everyone, young and old, avoid groups of more than 10 Cancel that discretionary travel, please. Work from home if possible. Restaurants are closed uh, when it comes to dining in, but they still are open for takeout. The Bay Area has been put on a near lockdown. Everyone been told to shelter in place in those six counties. That's about 7 million people. We're seeing that a similar thing with Italy, right? And then France now imposing nationwide restrictions on how far from their homes people can go. For 15 days, it seems like the G7 got on the got on the horn and they all agreed that let's just reassess in 15 days. Let's try and lock as much down as possible without creating panic for 15 days. And then let's see where we're at. All right. Gary and Shannon, will take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, the, the theater. The gas quarantine the theater. theater. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were just saying words. No, we're going to end this on a good note. Um, at least today's show, we're going to end on a good note and a way that we can all get through at least a couple of hours together tonight. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Reminder that all of our clearinghouse of information that we have been uh, we've been keeping up to date on is available on the website. If you go to KFIAM640.com and use the keyword virus. Heather hit us up on Twitter at Gary and Shannon, and she said, great idea about our gas theater. She said, every night at 8, are you taking votes of next movies? That's a good uh, hey, idea. If you have suggestions, absolutely. Um, what we're going to do is uh, right now and for the foreseeable future, I suppose, we are going to do uh, gas quarantine theater. So uh, you can use the hashtag GasQT to tell us what movies you think we should watch together. And let's plan for this. Uh, depending on where you are, I suppose time um, time zones would have to be worked out. You figure it out. I don't care. We are going to watch a movie together. Apart, apart, but apart together every night. Why not? You're not doing anything else. It's not like you have to pause the Dodger game to watch a movie. As sad as it is to say that we're going to we're going to do this together. Right. And and the thing is, we'll try to pick movies that are going to be cheap relatively. If you have to pay for them, you can go on Amazon or YouTube or wherever they are. A couple of bucks here, a couple of bucks there. But you gather around the family. That's an easy, well-spent $3, depending on what you're watching it on. So, tonight's movie for the very first gas 
quarantine theater is going to be 2004's Miracle. Want to hear an amazing story? Back in 1960, Coach Brooks was on the Olympic hockey team. But a week before the games, his coach cuts him and sends him home. And that team went on to win the gold medal without him. Herb Brooks had given up his dream of Olympic glory until 20 ordinary kids. Why'd you want to play hockey? This isn't an obvious for the girls. Gave him a second chance. The Soviets win. My goal is to beat them at their own game. Beat the best team in the world. Gold medalist in 64, 68, 72, 76. Name? Mark Johnson. Buzzy Schneider. Mike Ruzioni. You're missing some of the best players. Some of the greatest names oh, in all of hockey. my God. And, of course, the miracle. Well, I'm not going to give away the story. But the speeches that Kurt Russell delivers as Herb Brooks. Great moments. Mm-hmm are born from great opportunity. You want some cleanup? I have cleanup. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. Boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. Sounds like Bernie Sanders. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Hmm. <laughs> tonight, we skate with them. I love her, Brooks. God rest tonight, his soul. we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Now, I think it's important we pick this movie because it really was a time when America came together. And right at the start of the show, I was saying that over the weekend, I learned that after the Spanish flu in 1918, that nobody wanted to talk about it anymore. Once it passed, no one brought it up again because everybody was so embarrassed about how they behaved to each other and with each other. It was this every man out for himself mentality. And we cannot go through this like that. Let's learn the lesson from the the Spanish flu and think about each other. Hey, uh, you can also do this depending on who you're going to do this with. You don't have to do it with us, but you could do it with somebody. Pick a movie. You guys watch it together somewhere at the same time. With, uh, I don't know, face don't don't broadcast the show, but I mean FaceTime each other while you're watching this movie at the same time. This one happens to be the way we're going to do it tonight. Miracle, 2004's uh, Miracle with Kurt Russell. If you have Netflix or Disney Plus, you already subscribe. The movie's already on those services, so you can just dial it up and get it ready. St- fire it off right at 8 o'clock. If you don't have those services, you can also uh, get it on YouTube, Amazon Prime, iTunes, Google Play. If you have the Voodoo service, you can use that as well. What's the Voodoo service? I think it's a Walmart product, oh. if I'm not mistaken. But it's an online thing, the same as a streaming service where you can uh, rent movies, etc. So, uh, and it's only like a 2 or $3, I think, at the most for any one of those services so that you can do that. Uh, let's go to Dr. Barbara Ferrer from L.A. County Public Health for the quick update uh, for what's going on today. Dr. Ferrer, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? We're, uh, we are well so far. What was the update that you gave just a short time ago for L.A. County? Oh, sure. Um, we, so we're reporting 25 new cases today. Uh, five of those cases, uh, we assume that they're cases uh, with community exposure because we can't we don't find any other source of exposure. That means the total in L.A. County is now 94 uh, and we've had 41 new cases in 48 hours. Uh, this isn't really surprising. 
uh, but it is the reason why it's so important for us to adopt stricter social distancing practices as of this moment. Do you have a prediction model, and are these numbers that you've seen each day kind of in line with that, or do we just not have any idea? No, I mean, we could look at the numbers in Italy um, and sort of, you know, what, what, what that what that trajectory looks like. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a few weeks behind them, but um, everybody has seen this sort of, you start this doubling and tripling of your cases and then this very, very rapid increase. Um, partly here in the United States is driven by the fact that we are able to do more testing. So it might've been that we had more people positive for a while, but we absolutely didn't have any capacity to test them. And part is because we actually have many more cases uh, you know, uh, the reminder on this is that every person who's infected, uh, we estimate infects two other people. So you could see why you start having this exponential growth uh, because you just get more and more people infected and they're infecting more and more people. I think it's really important for people to note everything we can do on social distancing, being as aggressive as we can, really only go out to do those things that are essential uh, for you and for your family non-essential events, non-essential travel, all of that, this is the time to to really cut it out. But people should understand that we are not going to see an immediate impact on the number of cases. The number of cases are going to continue to rise for the next few weeks um, because the incubation period is 14 days. So between the incubation period being pretty long, that's the time that you might have been exposed till you get sick is pretty long. So even if we do a lot of dramatic things now, if people were already infected, they may not show uh, any signs of illness uh, for another two weeks, and then they become positive. I don't want people to give up. I don't want people to say, you know, we're doing all this, but cases keep going up. Uh, Eventually, uh, if we keep doing this and we do it well, cases will start to go down, but it's going to take a few weeks before we'll see that. Dr. Barbara Ferrer, thanks you so much for the daily update. Appreciate all your work on this. Thank you. You bet. Dr. Barbara Ferrer. And again, you can follow uh, L.A. County Public Health on Twitter at L.A. Public Health, and they give updates on a pretty regular basis about the conditions here in the county. John and Ken show coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. Oh, goodbye. Gary and Shannon. Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree. By offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel, the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online.